This is Radio Orbit, exploring the secrets of everything on KOPN Columbia.
Good evening. Radio Orbit, KOPN, Columbia, 89.5 FM. This is Mike Hagan. It is Monday, the 29th of August, 2005, and it's good to be back on the air. I was gone for a week, took a little bit of vacation, and uh, doing it up again here, as it should be. So let's get a little business out of the way here real fast. Some of the operating funds for KOPN are provided by listener support and a donation from Mojo's. Information about Mojo's is available at www.mojoscolumbia.com or at 573-875-1588. All right, let's get down to business here. Good to be back, as I said. uh, On vacation last week, went to Colorado. Spent a little time there with some friends and... uh, uh, family, and had a great time, actually. I'll talk a little bit about that maybe in a little while, but before we get going here, let me do a quick thanks to Debbie. Debbie Johnson, always doing a great job with Free Range Radio Theater. That's on every Monday from 10 o'clock until 11, setting things up nicely for us here on this program. And also, uh, before Debbie, is uh, the one and only Kelvin Walsh and Jason doing up Jazz plus blues equals soul. That's always Monday night as well. And the boogeyman following me up. So good stuff on Mondays, and I hope you guys are enjoying it. So stick around, and I hope you were here uh, earlier if you weren't uh, listening next week to those shows that I mentioned before. They're all really good, and I enjoy them. And uh, let's see. Okay, what's going on? Yeah, so I was in Colorado, and I spent a little time in Aspen. Luckily, I have uh, I have a friend, uh, a close friend, who lives in Aspen. Otherwise, I wouldn't have enough money to go there because it's just it's uh, obscene quite frankly but anyway and we went there and had a nice time and got to sort of see uh, the way uh, people up there are living and the way they see the world these days spent for like four days there and talked to lots of different people and actually uh, was sort of encouraging I thought but at any rate no big deal and Went down to Denver, have lots of friends. Of course, I lived in Denver for about 15 years before moving to Columbia here, so there were lots of people to see and things to do and had a nice time, and it was the first time that I got to take my son up to the mountains, and it was cool because he actually uh, is getting old enough where he understands that sort of thing. So anyway, we had a real nice time, and it was good to be uh, out of work for a little while and just able to uh, sort of take a deep breath, so... Anyway, Colorado was cool. Back again, though, and I'm glad I missed doing the show. Uh, I also better say thanks to uh, uh, to Kyle and Tony for doing the show last week. Thanks so much, you guys. I appreciate it. They did their own thing, I guess, uh, for the first hour of the show and then aired an old interview that I did with Dr. Colin Ross, the head of the Ross Institute for Psychological Trauma down there in Dallas, Texas. And it is one of the most intense interviews I ever did and it was aired very early on during the life of this program back in September of last year. So I think very few people heard it at the time when I originally aired it. But hopefully more people heard it last week because it's important uh, that people know a little bit about the history of that stuff. And uh, if you missed it and you're interested in what I'm talking about, uh, send me an email or give me a phone call or something like that. I'll give out that information in just a few minutes here, okay? All right, uh, what else we got? I don't know. All right, 
So thanks again, Kyle, Tony. Appreciate it. All right, the hurricane. There's this monster hurricane right now that's just blasting through uh, the like a four-state area. Mississippi and Louisiana in particular, just uh, uh, like the Armageddon scene down there right now, uh, and has been for the last 12 hours or so, hopefully starting to uh, uh, to let up a little bit. But it has been sort of a worst-case scenario for the people that live down there in the New Orleans area and all along that uh, the Gulf Coast, as a matter of fact. So anyway, but I think it... Uh, let's see how it turns out. I... I, I'm, I'm sort of uh, hopeful that uh, uh, there won't be uh, too much. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I stutter on my words here because you think, what's too much? I mean, uh, nothing is too much. In other words, if it destroys one person's home, you know, it's too much for them. Uh, but at any rate, uh, there's been a tremendous amount of speculation on really, really, really widespread big-time damage, and I'm just hoping that somehow uh, they can avoid uh, a real major reconstruction, uh, and I hope that there's not a significant loss of life. So we'll see how that all pans out, uh, but um, Mother Nature showing us uh, what she's all about, and of course there are some people that would say that uh, it's Mother Nature with the assistance of the human hand, I don't know about that. I'm not really willing to speculate about it right now. I actually tried to call Scott Stevens uh, last night and see what his thoughts on all this were to get to get sort of the contrarian perspective, but I didn't get a hold of him. But anyway, regardless, it's not uh, that relevant. If the stuff is going on, it's going on. It doesn't really matter. The bottom line is these things are happening, and uh, hopefully we can come out of them uh, without uh, uh, complete destruction and all this loss of life so you know it's just the beginning of hurricane season it's not even September you know we're a day or two away but uh, uh, we've got another good six weeks of big time hurricane season and if you look off the coast of Africa uh, you'll see these things just sort of rolling off and you just wonder what the next what the next six weeks are going to be like but uh, hopefully we can we can dodge some of these storms you know, it used to be that uh, a good number of them would just roll right up into the Atlantic and uh, go out to sea and sort of dissipate in the northern latitudes up there without ever making landfall. And it seems like for the last couple of years that none of them do that, that they all just come barreling right across the Atlantic, none of them turn north, and they all just slam right into Florida or, uh, you know, at least the uh, uh, the eastern seaboard down there. So, I don't know. It really uh, makes you wonder what's going on. If nothing else, certainly these uh, ocean currents and weather patterns are changing for sure. That's become obvious as well. So, we'll be talking about this stuff more and more, I guess, in the future as uh, as it moves on, as we see more of this. So, the lesson, I think if there's a lesson uh, w- with any of this stuff, it's be prepared. Anything can happen. Anything can happen, regardless of where you live. There's always something that can happen that can really upset your own personal apple cart. So the the lesson, maybe, is to be prepared. You know, and that doesn't mean, you know, go hole up in your cellar or go dig a cave in the mountains. It just means get your act together and, you know, be prepared both mentally 
physically, spiritually, whatever, but know in your mind, that's half the battle, you know, if you've actually considered it, if you've actually thought about it, you know, something uh, outrageous could actually happen. Well, just having thought about it and considered it, uh, it goes a long way to being able to handle it if it actually happens or anything like that. So know in your mind and in your head and in your heart that really, you know, every day is a gift. Don't let it fool you. And it can change at any moment. So keep your eyes open. Uh, appreciate the day. And always be ready for something wild to happen because it can happen at any moment. And these days it seems to happen more and more every moment. At any rate, lots going on. Now, uh, for those of you on the web and those of you who have sent me emails, thanks very much. I appreciate it. Hello to everyone listening over the web who are, who are hearing this after the fact. Uh, special thanks to a new friend of mine uh, named Larry out in California uh, who has given me a bunch of new energy and a much-needed boost, sort of, and I'm li- really looking forward to working uh, with Larry. If you're out there, I hope you're listening. And uh, Website improvements, lots of other things coming on the way, and lots of work ahead of us, but lots of great things to come. So tonight, all right, we've got a great show coming up tonight. Some great music, as always. Stick around. Back in a few minutes, we'll probably do space weather, talk about some of the upcoming guests. And then I'm probably going to do a really thorough backgrounder on tonight's topic. And if I haven't mentioned it, tonight's topic is uh, a place called Coral Castle. And my guest is John DePew. And this place, Coral Castle, is in a little town called Homestead, Florida. And it's an amazing story and a real mysterious one. And we're going to do our best to uh, try to get to the bottom of it. And John DePew believes he has come up with uh, some answers to this very enigmatic question, Coral Castle. And I'll tell you more about that in just a little while. But stick around. It's a real interesting story. You can check it out on the web at www.radioorbit.com, R-A-D-I-O-R-B-I-T.com. Also email me at orbitradio, O-R-B-I-T-R-A-D-I-O.com. I take that back, orbitradio at AOL.com. So email at orbitradio at AOL.com. I'll get it right one of these moments here. All right, and the phone number here in the studio is area code 573-874-5676, 1-800-895-5676. And I don't think we'll be taking any calls tonight with our guest. I asked if he wanted to do that, and he would rather just sort of go through the information on his own. He's, in his own words, uh, a simple guy with a complicated message. Uh, we're going to enjoy the uh, information that he brings to us nonetheless, and we'll do, the, do our best here to make him, make him comfort, comfortable. So, okay, uh, that's about it. We'll come back in just a few minutes. Let's start things off with a little apropos tune here and a heartfelt uh, prayer to all the people down there on the Gulf Coast and going through this uh, hellacious situation in uh, New Orleans and thereabouts all around that area. So things will clear up and there is light 
in the morning. So stick around, and we'll be just back in a few minutes. This is Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia. All right. Yeah. 
Tragically Hip, New Orleans is Satan. And this is Mike, you're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia. Let's do space weather real fast here. It's going to be a great alignment, uh, convergence between the planets Venus and Jupiter. On uh, September 1st, it's going to be a great little sort of close encounter in the sky. Uh, the two planets, Venus and Jupiter, will be only a degree apart. That's not much at all. If you uh, look at toward the sky and you hold your arm out, it's just basically the uh, the width of a finger uh, between the two of them in the sky. And you'll be able to see them over the next few nights, drawing closer and closer together up until the 1st of September. So keep your eye on that uh, as the sun is setting and they those planets will be rising in the west, Venus and Jupiter. So check that out. It'll be a beautiful sight from pretty much anywhere in North America here. All right, the sun is relatively quiet, although uh, there's not a whole lot of sunspots uh, peppered on the front of the disk as there were last week. Uh, but there aren't really any large areas that pose real strong threats uh, over the next few days. Looks like solar activity is going to be relatively low in the days ahead. But there were a couple of large coronal mass ejections that uh, created a big-time solar wind that hit the Earth's magnetic field back about a week ago before, uh, while I was on vacation back on the 24th, and there was a really severe geomagnetic storm, lots of bright aurora over Canada and many of the United States, uh, states up there in the northern latitudes. The display was wonderfully uh, good, uh, especially in New Zealand, apparently, and down in the southern hemisphere in Australia, where they watch what they call the southern lights, or the uh, Aurora Australis. All of this stuff is available, if you're interested in it, at uh, cyberspaceorbit.com. You can always go down to Kent's site, and he has most of this stuff listed right now on his front page. And that address, one more time, is www.cyberspaceorbit.com. Kent is a frequent guest on this program and uh, sort of a guru of mine who does a wonderful job of uh, coalescing all of this information and sharing it with lots and lots of people every day. has a huge number of hits uh, on the website every month and lots of great information there. Uh, thanks to uh, our good buddy, Kent Stedman. So, all right, let's see. What else we want to talk about real fast? Um, next week, I'm pretty excited. Allison and Alex Gray, for those of you interested in the art scene, will be talking to two of the most influential artists of our time. And uh, live from their studios in New York, Allison and Alex Gray. That'll be next week live. And I recorded an interview with Ralph Abraham, Dr. Ralph Abraham, of course, the fantastic chaos theorist from Santa Cruz University, uh, University of California, Santa Cruz. And I'll probably air that within a week or two. I'd like to, it sort of jives with uh, the Alex Gray stuff, so we may run the Ralph Abraham interview the week after that. But Paradise is going to be back on the show real soon. Paradise Newland, of course, for people familiar with the show, uh, the partner of Dr. Michael Heisen out there at the Sirius Institute in Puna, Hawaii. Uh, Paradise and I are going to do a show on water birth and uh, these amazing babies that are being born uh, in uh, a water environment, sometimes with dolphins, actually. It's incredible. So anyway, uh, let's see, Dr. Jeremy Narby on June the 
let's see, September, make that September the 26th, I guess, Jeremy Narby, the wonderful anthropologist uh, from Stanford University, will be with us on the show here live. Lucy Pringle will be talking about crop formations, Vincent Bridges, Jay Widener's partner on Monument to the End of Time. And as a matter of fact, uh, Jay is going to be on the show again sometime soon. We spoke just a couple of days ago. We're going to do another show on alchemy, uh, not particularly related to the, the Great Cross at, at Andai or Undai, uh, but uh, sort of a show on alchemy in general. And we also may tie that into some of the uh, references in uh, in film where the great work has been uh, communicated through moving pictures. And uh, Jonathan Miller Weisberger coming up, him and his sister hopefully. They're of course very involved down in Costa Rica in rainforest and uh, biodiversity and conservation strategies, all that sort of stuff. John Lash from Metahistory dot com. All that stuff coming up in the next weeks and months. All right. Okay, one more time, the email address, orbitradio at AOL.com. The website, www.radioorbit.com, R-A-D-I-O-R-B-I-T.com, just one O in the middle there. Phone number in the studio here, 573-874-5676, We'll take another break here, and we'll come back and do some background on this wild story uh, of Coral Castle in Homestead, Florida. And then at the top of the hour, we'll be joined by my guest tonight, John DePew, who has uh, presented this information at his website, which is www.coralcastlecode, just the way it sounds, coral, C-O-R-A-L, castlecode.com. And you can go there directly from radioorbit.com, or you can type that in yourself and go right to his website. But there's lots of imagery that is relevant to to the discussion that we're going to have. So if at all possible, get online and get your computer fired up and follow along with us at at John's website, coralcastlecode.com. All right? Okay, this is Mike Hagan. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia. We'll be back in just a few minutes. And I'll play some music for you here and get my guest on the line and come back and we'll do a nice little background piece on everything that we're going to be talking about in just about a half an hour. Okay, stick around. Back in a few minutes. Mike Hagan, Radio Orbit. Back in a few. Yeah. 
Okay, Fury in the Slaughterhouse. Every generation has its own disease. This is Mike Hagan. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia. I'm going to play one more piece of music here. I've got my guest on the line. Then we'll do some good background on the story we're going to talk about tonight. But I need to do a couple things to get ready for it. So stick around. I want to play one thing for you here. This is a sort of a now defunct band from Yakima, Washington. And it features Doug Schoolcraft, amazing guitar player, uh, singing as well, playing guitar. And Paul Benoit playing guitars and on vocals. Dave Weber on drums. And uh, not sure who's playing bass. But anyway, great stuff here from the former Yakima, Washington band, Cross-Eyed. This one goes out to Ice Station Zebra. This is called Closer to the End. This is Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia. We'll be back in just a few minutes to talk about Coral Castle. Stick around.
giant escalator How high can you reach You gotta pick me up Cause the shit's too deep Jesus came walking a little too late They opened up my mouth And they filled me full of All right, there you have it. That is, uh, yeah, unfortunately, the defunct cross-eyed, but those guys are moving on to bigger and better things, including my buddy, uh, Michael Pacheco, who's out there making music in Washington with some of these other guys. So anyway, good stuff. All right, this is Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia. I'm not going to do a whole lot of news tonight. If you're interested in uh, current events of the day, strange, unusual, or the mundane, whatever, my best advice is to go over to cyberspaceorbit.com. Check out the news over there. Kent, always doing a wonderful job both with words and pictures over there, especially in times like these when things are going down like they are uh, in the Gulf Basin right now. Kent just tireless and sort of covering all the angles on this sort of stuff. So, uh, so check it out at cyberspaceorbit.com if we're not talking about it here tonight, all right? All right, anyway, not a lot of extra time tonight because I want to do a good background on the Coral Castle story, so here we go. All right, uh, the question is this. Uh, did, did, did this Latvian immigrant, did he rediscover the secrets of the building of the pyramids or levitation or anti-gravity or something like this. Uh, the story that we're going to be talking about is called Coral Castle, or the place, I guess, that we should be talking about. It's in the town of Homestead, Florida. It's one of the most remarkable structures that has ever been built. In terms of uh, sort of level of accomplishment, it's been compared to Stonehenge. It's been compared to uh, the Great Pyramids of Egypt. It's been compared to Greek temples. It is just an astounding thing and some say it is even a miraculous thing because it was quarried it was transported it was uh, designed and fashioned and constructed by one guy by one man and he was a small five foot tall hundred pound Latvian immigrant whose name was Edward Leitzkalman and 
Edward Leedskellen was something else. All right, many men have uh, sort of single-handedly built their own homes, but Leedskellen's building materials and uh, the way he... Well, nobody really knows the way he did, but uh, what he did, but the entire undertaking was just remarkable. He used these huge blocks of coral, some weighing as much as 30 tons, I mean comparable in size to some of the largest stones uh, in Giza, on the Giza Plateau. And somehow he was able to move them and raise them and set them in place without the assistance of any modern machinery, no cranes, nothing like this. He did it all by himself in secrecy. And uh, so basically this is the mystery. It's estimated that some 1,000 tons of coral were used in the construction of uh, uh, just the walls and the towers of this. And it really is a castle. You have to go to my website and take a look at this. And then uh, follow some of the links. But it really is a remarkable place. And there is an additional 100 tons estimated so that was uh, used just in furniture and art objects and, and things like this. Among the things that were built there was an obelisk that Mr. Leedskallen raised that weighed some 28 tons. Uh, the wall surrounding the Coral Castle is 8 feet tall and consists of these huge blocks which each weigh several tons. There are uh, big crescents that are perched on these big high walls. Uh, there are There's a 9 ton or 10, I forget exactly, a 9 or a 10 ton swinging gate that moves, it's so perfectly balanced that it moves at just the touch of a finger. And, you know, this, this is not, this is not a, a story. This is real. You can go down and visit this place yourself. And uh, much has been written about this place. And anyway, uh, there are stones that are, like I said before, as big or bigger than some of the largest blocks uh, at the Great Pyramid site in Giza. So uh, working all by himself, this guy, Edward Leedskallen, uh built the home that he originally called the Rockgate Park in Florida City. Now, here's the other remarkable thing. Then he moved it. He originally built it in one place and then moved the entire thing to another town. Anyway, uh, he began building the thing in 1920, and he moved the entire thing uh, like some... I don't know, 15, 20 years later or something, he moved it to another town. It's just bizarre. But anyway, how he managed uh, to do all of this stuff uh, has remained a mystery for all these years. And no one really saw him do it. He was a very secretive man. He worked at night only by lantern. And there's really, uh, at the time, we didn't have the sort of <laughs> surveillance uh, techniques and things in, in operation that we have today. But anyway, no one knew what this guy was doing. He did it on a pretty large piece of property by himself. And there's really no credible witnesses to how this little, small, sort of frail man was able to move these huge, giant blocks of rock. And even when he moved uh, the entire thing, when he moved the whole structure to this other town, neighbors apparently only saw these big, giant coral rocks being transported on a borrowed truck. And no one seems to know how he got them on or off the vehicle. And but that's a question, though, too, is that, I mean, I don't, 
I don't know any vehicle that could just pull a a 30 ton stone so that's a question but again maybe it has to do with this secret or whatever anyway we'll have to ask John about it but anyway lots of weird stories uh, have been told and bizarre theories about Coral Castle and tonight we're going to talk with John DePew who has come up with a very unique and uh, uh, interesting solution of his own and we're going to let him uh, discuss that with us and follow along with him on the website let's give that out one more time the uh, website is www.coralcastlecode.com and you can get there directly or by going to radioorbit.com and just follow the links on my front page there all right uh, let's see, there are a number of theories, but we're not going to really talk about any of those right now because we've got our own that's coming up. But I do want to read a little bit more. I'm not sure how much I'm going to read about this, but uh, this is a piece that I found on the web, go figure, uh, that was written by Christopher Dunn. And if you don't know who Chris Dunn is, his most remarkable work, I guess, is called uh, The Giza Power Plant. And it is a book that was written a number of years ago, but uh, it uh, describes a novel uh, uh, description and explanation of the uh, pyramids on the Giza Plateau in Egypt. Anyway, Christopher Dunn is an engineer and a machinist and a guy who knows a whole lot about uh, stone and moving stone and working with stone and this sort of thing. So I'm just going to read a bit here from uh, from Chris Dunn. And we've got, uh, I don't know, eight minutes or so before the top of the hour. Probably play a piece, uh, play, blah, blah, blah. We'll probably play a piece of music between now and then. So I'll just read a little bit here, and then we'll see uh, how things look at the top of the hour there, okay? All right. Now, again, this is from uh, from Christopher Dunn. All right, while the cutting techniques... And by the way, this is uh, from AtlantisRising.com. Just go there and look for, uh, for Chris Dunn and Coral Castle. You'll find this. While the cutting techniques of the ancient pyramid builders have been a continuing topic for debate, they have not received the same attention and controversy as the proposed methods that were used to lift and transport huge cyclopean blocks of stone. While Egyptologists and Orthodox believers in primitive methods argue that the huge blocks were moved and put into place using only manpower, experts in moving heavy weights using modern cranes throw doubt on the subject. My company recently installed a hydraulic press that weighed 65 tons. In order to lift it and drop it through the roof, they had to bring in a special crane. The crane was brought to the site in pieces and was transported from 60 miles away over a period of five days. After 15 semi-trailer loads, the crane was finally assembled and ready for use. As the press was lowered into its specially prepared pit, I asked one of the riggers about the heaviest weight he had ever lifted. He claimed that it was a 110-ton nuclear power plant vessel. When I related to him that 70 to 200-ton weights of the blocks of stone used inside the Great Pyramid and the Valley Temple, he expressed amazement and disbelief at the primitive methods that are promoted by Egyptologists. For many, it is enough just to argue this issue from a logical standpoint. For others, the subject becomes more meaningful when a proposed method is demonstrated and proven to be successful. There is only one man in the world who, by demonstration, has supported the claim. I know the secret of how the pyramids of Egypt were built. 
the man is now deceased. That claim was made by an eccentric, Latr- by an eccentric Latvian recluse named Edward Leedskalnin. An immigrant to the United States of America, Leedskalnin devised a means to single-handedly lift and maneuver blocks of coral weighing up to 30 tons each in Homestead, Florida, using his closely guarded secret. He was able to quarry and construct an entire complex of monolithic blocks of coral in an arrangement that reflected his own unique character. On average, the weight of the single block used in the coral castle was greater than those used to build the Great Pyramid, and he labored for 28 years uh, to complete the work, which consisted of a total of 1,100 tons of rock, as we said before. What was his secret? Is it possible? How is it possible for a 5-foot-tall, 110-pound man to accomplish such a feat without knowing techniques that are uncommon to our contemporary understanding of physics and mechanics? Leedskalnin was a student of the universe. Within his castle walls, built of coral blocks weighing many tons, he had a 22-ton obelisk, a 22-ton moon block, a 23-ton Jupiter block, a Saturn block, a 9-ton gate, a rocking chair that weighed 3 tons, and numerous large puzzles. A huge 30-ton block, which he considered to be his major achievement, he crowned with a gable-shaped rock, these personal accomplishments have astounded and surprised many engineers and technologists who compare them with those achieved by workers handling similar weights in industry today. For the miracles of construction of engineering, Leedskalnin received attention not only from engineers and technologists, but from the U.S. government, who paid him a visit hoping to be enlightened. Leedskalnin received them gracefully, and they left none the wiser. In 1952, failing ill on his last legs... Leedskalin checked himself into a hospital and slipped away from life, taking his secrets with him. So, an amazing story, and we're going to talk more about it in just a few minutes. Okay? Edward Leedskalin. The mystery, the story of Coral Castle. And my guest tonight, John DePew, the discoverer and author of The Coral Castle Code, which, again, you can reach by going to CoralCastleCode.com or through my website at www.RadioOrbit.com. And we're going to come back in just a few minutes and talk with Mr. DePew about uh, how exactly Mr. Leedskalman did what he did, at least uh, from uh, from John DePew's standpoint, what uh, was involved technologically and uh, who knows uh, what else we'll talk about but the bottom line is we have a good idea or John has a good idea on how he thinks this was done and we're going to talk about it so stick around this is Mike Hagan you're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia we'll be back in just a few minutes talking about the Coral Castle an amazing work of architecture down in Florida and uh, my guest again one more time John DePew we'll be back in just a few minutes this is Bright Eyes on KOPN Radio Orbit
on a string And I fell asleep with you still talking to me You said you weren't afraid to die Dressed in women's clothes Were you made ashamed Why'd you lock them in a drawer? Well, I don't think that I ever loved you more Then when you turned away When you slammed the door When you stole the car And drove towards Mexico And you wrote bad checks Just to fill your arm I was young enough I still believed in
You're listening to Radio Orbit with Mike Hagan on KOPN 89.5 FM. You are listening to KOPN Radio Orbit. This is Mike Hagan. And it's just after midnight on August the 30th. And we've got a wonderful show to finish up the night here. For the next couple hours, we're going to be talking to my guest, John DePew. I've got John on the line here. We'll bring him on in just a moment. But he is the discoverer and uh, author of Coral Castle Code. And it is an amazing story, and we're not going to waste a whole lot of time uh, talking about John. He's, in his own words, uh, a simple guy with a complicated message, and we're going to do our best to uh, uh, to communicate this to the rest of you. So without uh, further delay, John DePew, thanks very much for being here. Welcome to Radio Orbit tonight. Thank you very much, Mike. Glad to be here. Great, John. I appreciate it. All right. Well... Uh, first of all, an amazing story. I'm not sure uh, how much of uh, the introduction that uh, you heard that I did as I was reading along there some of the stuff that I'd gleaned over the last week or so. But uh, certainly something very remarkable uh, going on here. And uh, there was some secret or some particular methodology that Mr. Leedsgallon used in order to build this amazing structure there in Florida, and then move the whole thing. So what we're going to do is talk with you about how you think he did that. So uh, for everybody who's out there, one more time, the website is www.coralcastlecode.com. And uh, from that front page, John, what do you do? You just click on, I think there's uh, there are two possible links on that front page. You click on your name. Is that correct? Okay, so we click on the picture that says Coral Castle. And uh, so I think the best way to do this is probably just sort of follow along with, yeah. the, uh, with the website. And uh, for people who, uh, who are not able to watch their computers, I'll do, I'll do my best uh, to sort of explain what, what I'm looking at here as we, uh, as, we, as, we go, as we go along, okay? Great. All right, first of all, uh, I've got to ask the question... Uh, how did you even get interested in this whole thing? Well, uh, it started early in my life, just being very curious about nature and uh, many, many different reasons. But, uh, it's been a long road. I almost gave up a couple times. Uh, finally, do experimentation and uh, constantly thinking about it, kind of compulsion. Uh-huh. Uh, I finally found a visual code, and it's the mathematical formula for creation. I don't show it in a mathematical form. I show it in a visual form, but that's the way Ed left it, so that's the way I display it. All right. Um, hey, do me a favor, John. Get a little closer to your uh, to your phone there, if you can. Okay. 
okay. Yeah, that's yeah, that's much better. Okay. Uh, all right. So if uh, so if we start Basically out the Holy Grail. <laughs> Right, right. I, I mean, at the at the top of your website, you make a uh, you basically make a statement. that says, "Here it I is." I hate to say that, but that's really what it is. I've, I've been researched long enough to know that's what it is. All right. Well, let's start off uh, with the the code. Okay. Code is basically Ed's leaving us with the mathematical formula for creation, but he's leaving it with us in a visual form. All of sacred geometry, all of True sacred geometry is really a lost science, and it's representing two magnetic currents and neutral particles of matter. Okay. But the ancients knew all this. That's a fact. And how did the... Uh, was this uh, encoded in ancient writings and this sort of thing? Well, yeah, in, on my webpage you'll see you know, many, many different displays of it. Okay. Now... Uh, Ed Leedskown, though, did some writing of his own. Is that correct? Yes. And he left a book, or, or a number of books, I guess, that he had written about this stuff. Uh, in, in the article that we uh, started the show with, um, I mentioned that, uh, uh, that he, was very, he was very interested in the workings of the universe and all this sort of thing. So what was his, what was his w- w- the clue that you're talking about, this code, was that from one of his books or something like that? Yeah, the cover... And this is the two sort of serpents that are facing one another? Exactly. And two serpents is a good description because many of the ancient cultures represented it that way. Yeah, and we see that in lots of different... uh, uh, We see that, I I think, of the caduceus uh, uh, right off the bat, the the medical symbol that I think is still used by the AMA. Huh, and it also reminds me of DNA. Now that I know, it is DNA. Really? Yeah, it's all. It's any any part of creation. That's what I'm trying to say. Hmm. It's the biggest message there is. Nobody will believe it right now, but trust me, people are starting to wake up right now. There's three things that make up everything, and that's a north pole magnet, a south pole magnet, and neutral particles of matter. They they both have as a common or, uh, common core. Okay. That's also you can consider a particle of sunlight. Light is just an obstruction of magnetic current. Magnetic current can't run alone. It has to have both magnets, both types of magnets to run. So that proves there's no electrons. Electrons are really both kinds of magnets. Wow. And that's what's really leading everybody the wrong way. Okay. All right, well... Conductivity is what what he used, what he achieved. At room temperature. All right, so let, let, let's get back to the Coral Castle. So the, the, the Coral Castle code, uh, it's not a hoax then, or it's not a made-up thing? No, 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 believe me, I wouldn't waste my time. Right, if, 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 if the people out there do the work for themselves and... Yeah, there's a hidden brilliance in this code that I can't even do justice with. I'd do my best, but I, I still have a lot more to do. I'm finding things that will you know, blow your mind. That's why I'm trying to get people to look into it themselves because it's really the only way to see it. All right, and, and you actually make a note of that on the website. As I was reading, you say uh, to whoever out there, skeptics or otherwise, don't dismiss or judge something if you're not willing to do the work yourself to find out if it's really true or false. And uh, 
and and I and I think that's good advice for uh, for sort of everything. So, all right. So as we go down these images here, I see the sword, uh, or I guess it's called the Secrets of Solomon, and it's a picture of the of a sword. What is that about? Yeah, that would represent uh, the Secrets of Solomon. You've heard of the Knights of Templar and all that. Sure. Their biggest secret is this code, unfortunately, for me. What does that mean? That means that the Holy Grail, everybody thinks is really a cup, is really this code, this mathematical formula for creation. It represents every part of creation, every bound structure, every molecule. Every molecule, every atom is structured, right? Mm -hmm. what's, What's holding that structure together? Two magnetic currents. That's my... It's the base of energy. Okay. All right. Well. Well. No. I. I was. I was curious. No. I'm not, I'm not being argumentative. No. 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 I'm. I, I'm. I'm with you, and I appreciate it. I mean, it's amazing to me. Uh, I get too passionate when I talk about. Well, it. no. It's good. Through. Hey, it's good, and don't. And don't worry. We got plenty of time. We can. We can hash this out, and uh, and 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 get into the details, and we can. We. You can talk as deeply about it as you want. And that's what we really want to do. Is uh, I want to understand it. So uh, if I. Uh, if I. If I question or whatever, it's just because I'm trying to figure out what's going oh, no, on. No, no, I enjoy it. Um, now, the uh, what my my question was that uh, you mentioned you, you said unfortunately for me. Well, what you did know, you mean? Are, well, I mean, are you being well, threatened you can or imagine, something? Or? Right. Well, I guess I. I can. don't really want to get into details about that kind of stuff just because I don't want to push people the wrong way. Right. Okay. Well, let, 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 let's not then. If you're not, if you don't want to talk about that, let's talk about the about the code itself and what's going on here. So, all right. So we have the secrets of Solomon. We have uh, uh, the ancient Celtic version of the Sweet Sixteen, which is sort of a complex Celtic cross, um, and that really is representing the timing of the sun. Now that has uh, th- th- there's a there's an image that's sort of similar to that on on one of the doors. Is that correct? Of the of the castle. That's right. What is the connection there? That's the same connection. It's magnetic currents. The sun is ignited by magnetic currents. The sun is matter obstructing a stream of two magnetic currents, and that stream is coming from the center of our galaxy. But you know, our center of our galaxy is connected to other galaxies. Sure. The center. All all the systems are connected through their center, which is really important, and they set up grid patterns. Really, all of the universe is set up in a grid pattern. So, is structured? Is this idea of sort of wheels within wheels, or, or orbits within orbits, vortexes within vortexes? Okay. Ad infinitum. In other words, out basically to infinity, and then back down yeah, to infinity, right. Right? right? And that's what this mathematic, mathematical formula is. I'm just showing in a visual form because that's the way I am. I'm not really a mathematical person, but uh-huh, I recognize uh-huh. its significance and what it is in this code. Well, and and the and the significant part of, uh, uh, the significant part of that is that it, apparently it is being communicated through imagery uh, historically as well. In other words, well, our our ancestors rep- knew this. Any creation, for creation, hmm. Any structure is representing the interaction of these two individual magnets. You can't have structure if you don't have that. What's holding it together? What's holding you together? Look at your skin. You see each of those little dots. If you really look at them, you'll see a grid pattern connecting each one. Mm, that's true. That's the same thing. But it's in all of nature. You can, you'll can you start examining nature differently after you go through my webpage. Huh. 
Well, I'm just skimming the surface. I have a lot more to do and a lot more to show, but you know, I'm limited on my resources and time. Right, right, right. Well, it is interesting to me because I did a I did a show with a uh, a physicist a few weeks ago who's a real forward thinking gentleman. His name is Nassim Haramein, and he has uh, he's written a paper that he calls the origin of spin, and he he made me aware of something that you just. Uh, that, that you just made me aware of again. It's that everything is in motion, yes. even even if you even if it appears to be material and static. Well, if you look close enough, there are, everything is spinning. All these molecules. If it wasn't, there would be no change. Right, right. Okay. All right. So uh, so Ed apparently that goes for a, a, a electron tube. Right there, you just hit it when you said that. You wouldn't have uh, any change in the electron tube if something wasn't coming through it. It's, it's not uh, containing, you know what I'm saying? Right. There's, there's energy coming through that tube. It's not uh, you know, it's coming through that vacuum. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a change in, in the cathode. Right. It doesn't come from within. The cathode, uh, the stream is really just particles of matter, you know, very small pieces of both magnets and the, the matter. All right. Well, uh, sorry. No, no, it's fascinating. Um, but let's uh, let's continue along right. here, okay? All right. Uh, so so we have these uh, these different images that are. Go to the uh, number nine. Okay, number nine. It says. Uh, all those things represent are representing magnetic current. All right, and these are all these different description or all these different images that. Uh, Sort of historical images, including things like the 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 yin and yang symbol from China, mandalas, and uh, sort of uh, flowered patterns, which remind me a lot of these remind me of sort of crop formations. Now that you mention it, oh, exactly they are amazing. All right, so these things are represented both uh, historically and in nature, everywhere we see them, basically. Right. Okay. My calendar. All of it, basically. That's why I can't cover all of that. I'm trying to get some more people involved. Right. All right, so the idea is that there are two individual magnetic currents, and then there are neutral, you mentioned neutral particles of matter. And that's what they orbit as a common core. All right, so the, so the neutral particles of matter are sort of the common core, and then the two currents orbit around that. Right, so that'll give you a different understanding of what sunlight really is. Sunlight really is the neutral neutral particles of matter because of the obstruction it's creating of those magnetic currents coming from the center of our galaxy. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So when they hit that mass, they hit that obstruction, the neutral particles come out in straight streams and the, the magnets uh, uh, orbit around them. And that's where you go back to your medical symbol. Right. The staff and the two uh, serpents. Amazing. All right, so let's uh, let's continue with these images. Um, again, just more examples, at least uh, for the next few, of architectural examples of these things. Sort of, you know, the cathedrals. It reminds me of again, and this idea of books in stone. That these secrets are embedded in architecture and in symbology uh, all around, and, and typically in these ancient. Rubbed in your face. Right. Hide in plain sight. There's people that do know this. That's why I said, unfortunately. Right. Me, right. Right. And there are there, there are people, and certainly there it are other. Makes it, 
Go ahead. Really I'm sorry. Sad. It makes it really sad that the way things are in the world right now, that they're that selfish, that to hold back at this point, it's really pathetic to me. Yeah, in other words, uh, if, if if these things really are what we think they are, that they they change the whole game and they make right. they 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 basically give us the the ability to to solve at least a good portion of our problems. Uh, but so obviously, it, nobody wants that. Hmm. Well, I think a lot of people do, people but unfortunately, yeah, most people that would probably want something like that apparently are the ones that don't even have any knowledge of it. Right. That's why my whole purpose is right. Well, good. All right. This is great that we're doing this then. So, all right. Again, um, we have this magnetic uh, relationship. And it's the base. Right. Okay. And this is the so base. You can't go any down any farther than that. All right. Now, I also see an image here of a dream catcher, uh, a, a, a sort of Native American symbol. And yeah, I'm just trying to cover all the different cultures, you know, represent, because there's more even than this, but mm-hmm. I just can't, you know, I don't have room on always say for all of them, but I just try to show people that it's in every culture. So, so it's, do an ancient, it's an ancient science that was lost, you know, and hidden, so. And is it found mostly in, in uh, nature-based indigenous cultures, or is it found, uh, of course, we find it in some of the European stuff as well, right? Oh, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it pretty much in all of them. Okay. All right, so it's not limited to any particular... Uh, it just seems to have been lost. It had to have been relatively recently then that it was lost, it seems. Yeah. I don't know. They probably carried on a lot of the different aspects of it without realizing what they really represented. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, good Good. Good point, actually. All right, so so Ed Leedsgallon, he revealed uh, this code, and he... He left all of these clues around, apparently. I mean, because he, he put a lot of this stuff into his own work as well, and then onto the book. And these two shapes, uh, for everybody, if you see the basis of this, it looks like... Um, yeah, it looks like two sort of serpents that are sort of coiled back and looking at one another. And if you could picture a heart, if you could picture sort of a classic shape of a heart... Uh, and outline it, the two outermost sort of pieces of the heart, if you sort of cut away the middle, uh, would form these sort of serpentine curves that go down each side. And that's sort of what it looks like with with, with the spirals on, on either end. And they face one another. Apparently, this is, uh, there's, a, there's a positive and a negative, or, or for, for lack of a better description, there's a positive and a ne- negative uh, aspect uh, to eat to to either of these, right? And, and when they're in concentration, they run in streams, so you can consider those two little arcs, you know, concentrated streams. Right, and that, and and as a matter of fact, when you start to combine those, that's when all of this amazing imagery starts to sort right. of come out. But you know how that came about was when I built Ed's wheel. No, no, I, I didn't. Way, yeah, I got a whole page of experiments that I did with that. I created. I'm the first one to recreate the wheel, and I'm working on a full scale right now. Well, tell us what that is. What do you mean? Well, it's a, what do you it's mean? It's a magnetic Ed's wheel that represents this code. Ed's wheel. What did he do? Well, that's why he wouldn't let people in his, his chambers because his wheel was in there. His wheel is the main component of his work. And so the wheel uh, is 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 the way that like, he generated. Like current generator. Right. Okay, he generated the current that allowed him to do the things that he did. Well, you can 
consider an orbit generator, you know, creating an orbit as large as you want and then releasing or breaking that orbit and using and utilizing the magnets that are coming out of it. Huh. And when I say orbit, I mean a structure, a flower pattern. A flower pattern is really a standing wave you can consider if you want to. Mm-hmm. But I consider it more of a living structure of energy. Sweet 16 really re- uh, represented a, a whole structure of energy in, in that fashion I just described. Okay. All right, so... See later in the page. Right, right. All right, so the clue that he leaves us is these two serpents and that, that represent these hidden magnetic current patterns of nature. Uh, he called this thing the cosmic force. And, again, you mentioned flower, so this is, the, this is what the, some of the ancients called the flower of life. This is where the yes, golden right. section comes from. Right. It's insane. All sacred geometry is really representing magnetic current. Okay. People don't realize that yet. And amazing, he just sort of snuck it on the cover of this book. Right, and I looked at that for so long, and I mean, I've read this book over and over and over and over, and one day it just it just hit me, and I said, could it be, and I started working with it, because I'm a graphic designer, so uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm very familiar with geometry, and I, see, before all this, I've searched through endless uh, sacred uh, manuscripts and whatever I could dig up. Right. So I had that you know, imprinted in my brain. So when I started putting that together, I realized right away what it was. But then I found much, much more. I can't even go into all this. It's crazy. Well, we'll the just code itself is so brilliantly designed. It's a mathematical formula for creation. It's so endless, and the things that I could tell you about that I'm finding are are amazing. Well, we'll get it. We'll we'll get into some of that. Now, this book it was titled Magnetic Current. Is that right? Yeah. So he wrote. So, yeah, right on the cover. What do you see on the cover? You see the right, I see, the, I see the words magnetic current, and then I see the little symbol that we've been talking about. Right. So, uh, are there, were there more clues in the book, or is the book... Uh, very mis- hard to understand. So the book is misdirection, maybe, and, uh, and everything's on the cover that you need to know. Yeah. Amazing. And, How- that, you, and that you're supposed to look at those two shapes uh, facing east. Mm. So that tells you where you... This Earth's, you know, two magnetic currents are coming from. Hmm. The direction of the currents from the center of our galaxy are going through the sun, and then to, uh, the matter, the matter that's coming from the sun is being built up here. We're in a construction process. The sun's in a destruction process. Hmm. But that doesn't stay the same. Eventually, that'll change. If we were positioned where the sun is, we would be a star. <sighs> wow. All right. Well, that blows me away. So. Uh, so let's move along here. Let's see what time is it. We got 25 after. We'll uh, we'll go a few more minutes here. And we'll look at a few more of these things, and then we'll take a music break. Uh, but the, when this really gets cool is when you start to connect them, as as you did. You've done some great images here with with these these two serpentine shapes that we mentioned, and then when you start to build them together, then all these fractal, incredible things start to come out of them. It's amazing what's in there. I'm telling you, all of sacred geometry is in there. So everybody out there interested in sacred geometry and they think they know something about it, they really need to take a look at this because they're not going to find anything better. Right. It holds everything. I wonder find how every part of it in there. I wonder how the heck Lead Skelman came across it. Do we have it's any an ancient knowledge, and he comes from Latvia, and that's an ancient culture. Mm-hmm. So I imagine he had some, uh, you know, clues from there either a religion or uh, somebody else in his family or something. 
So well, he found it on his own after that. You know, I don't know, but it's it's definitely Right, and all of sacred geometry, as you said, is sort of a representation of these two opposing magnetic it is a fields. Of it. Yeah, it's just broken up now and and interpreted, uh, you know, without that. Right, and if you see some of these images, I hope people are looking along with us because it really is uh, astonishing. It's pi. It's perfect pi. Pi is an ancient science that represents magnetic current. People somehow lost that, or you know, have it hidden that from people uh, for a while now, but that's, that's what my whole job is here. Hmm. Now, what about the what, science and religion? All of these things are connected then right. through this. So this is the Holy Grail. Right. <laughs> is that religious? <laughs> well, it is, I guess, and, and, and you're right. A lot of people think of the Holy Grail as this physical thing, this cup, no, uh, but, but, but certainly, uh, you know, there have been... that represents this shape. You're, you're right, and it is. It is. Uh, I didn't. I didn't think of it that way. But yeah, uh, trust me, it is. I, I've been doing it long enough. I know what it is. It is DNA. It, that, I've already done all that too. I, I'm working on a lot of 3D models now. I don't. I'm, I'm tired of the flat images, so I'm trying to represent it better. But I've already proven it to myself. I'm just trying to prove it to other people. If right. Take a look. They'll see. It all lines up. All right. So how does this tie in with the ley lines? Because uh, I, I, I know that I know that. I'm sorry? They're built into this code. When when I make a whole structure, there are all these failure fixes built into the code that are so ingenious that it will blow your mind once you start doing it. You'll, you'll cascade the, the patterns across each other. You'll see all these different ways that they can connect if they get a chance. If they miss a chance, then they still get some more chances down the road and have a perfect connection that connects each center. Each center is connected of each formation. Understand? That's how they feed each other and... That's how when you pinch your skin, you feel it. That's how it communicates with the rest of your body, hmm. the centers. The centers of each individual little magnetic pattern system. And again, this idea of connection, everything being connected. Everything is connected. Well, uh, well, exp okay, and I'm, and I'm with you. Uh, but as far as the ley line thing goes, I don't understand... How that right. falls into it. In other, words, in, other, in other words, location is somehow relevant? It all depends on the frequency of the pattern that's being generated, as far as I'm concerned. You, these patterns, you get different types of uh, ley lines. They're very flexible, mm -hmm. but they all connect each center, and there's all these failure fixes that they can connect at different angles and different, you know, different ways. Okay, and, and then... they all work out to have these tubes that feed the center. These tubes are what I believe the neutral particles of matter travel on to you know through each system. Huh. And this is the way thinking apparently happens as well. Then. No, exactly. I'm sure your thinking is based on magnetic energy. Right. We we I think that's right. something that it's most people would agree process. with. Right. Process. Wow. Okay. Well, look. Uh, let's let people digest that for a few minutes. Okay. <laughs> And we'll come back and we'll try to clarify some stuff and uh, and we'll get deeper into this. All right, John? All right, uh, this is Mike Hagan, and you're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia. My guest is John DePew, and we're talking about the Coral Castle Code. If you didn't hear the uh, introduction of the show, the Coral Castle is an amazing structure that was built uh, by a guy named Edward Leitzkelman 90 years ago, plus or minus, and... Uh, 
the way he did it uh, has remained a secret for a long, long time. And uh, I'm talking with John DePue about what that secret uh, may have been. So stick around. We'll talk with John more in just a few minutes. In the meantime, here's uh, Carbon Leaf. Let's raise the roof.
Jay Widener, and you're listening to the Alchemical Airwaves of Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia 89.5 FM. All right, some of the funds for KOPN are provided by listener support and a donation from Mojo's. Information about Mojo's is available at www.mojoscolumbia.com or at 573-875-1588. All right, this is Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. It's about 12.35 in the a.m., and my guest, John DePew, is on the line with me, and we're talking to him live from Florida about the Coral Castle Code and the amazing discoveries and revelations uh, brought about by this work uh, of Edward Leedskalman, the builder and designer uh, and fashioner of this amazing structure in uh, in Florida, and the castle itself, apparently, and John, let's make sure you're still with us here. Hi. Hey, All right, good. Um, what it turns out is that the story is not the castle itself. The castle is sort of this novel uh, bookmark to say, hey, look at me, uh, and to get some attention, but it turns out that the secret, uh, or the greater secret, or secrets, is... Uh, Embedded in some of the uh, the, the writings that, that Mr. Leedsgallon did and left with us after he died. And, and that's what John and I are talking about tonight. And apparently, uh, as I look more at these images, John, really everything does come out of this. The fractal... Uh, okay, the, 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 the geometry. I've already, already been through it. Definitely, it's, I haven't found any part of it that's not in there. Okay. But as far as his castle goes, uh, don't mistake the castle as just being a... a statue. It, it actually, it could even be an amplifier the way he designed it. He designed it mm-hmm. according to his knowledge. 
the way it's positioned is following this code. So just be aware of that. Okay. Hey, uh, John, I'll tell you what. It's really design. It's, it's kind of I think that the... Uh, I think that the uh, the phone situation, the fact that you're a little bit quiet here, I think it's on. Okay, I'm actually, I think it's on my end. I don't think it's on your end. Okay. And so what I'm going to do is put a piece of music on real fast here, and I'm going to call you back uh, and try to get a better connection. It'll just take me a second here. So let's do that, and uh, because I want everyone to be able to hear what you're uh, what you're saying, and I've got you cranked. I've got you cranked here on my end, and I've still got sort of a low signal, and I, like I said, I don't think it's on your end. So uh, just hang in there, and we'll take care of this little issue. And uh, Hang up now. Yeah, go, uh, go ahead, yeah, and I'll be right back with you, okay? All right, uh, this is Mike. You all heard that, and we'll come back in just a minute with John DePew as we can get this, uh, this little situation worked out because I know he's not loud enough for you guys to hear. Back in just a few minutes, this is Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia. All right, there's a good little sneak peek of some cool music from my friends uh, Jeff and William from Yachai, making music, uh, killer stuff down there in uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, and they've got a, uh, a tour that I think is starting in the, uh, in the colleges out on the East Coast. Uh, i got to talk to Jeff again one of these days. But anyway, this is Mike, and I'm back, and I think we've got... Uh, uh, I think we've got John with us again here, so we're going to see if we've got a little bit of a better signal there. Hey, John, you with us? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, one more time. Yeah, actually, I still need to have you have you speak up. I think. Uh huh. Yeah. Put my face right in here. Yeah, I don't know if you got a volume thing on your phone. I can or not, hear me but... breathe now. <laughs> That's all right. You're sounding good. Okay, so we we we've established that that this this simple pattern and this combination of uh, two magnetic. Uh, fields, a negative and a positive, wrapped around or orbiting around these neutral particles is, is the secret that leads down and leaves for us. Now, uh, you were just mentioning that, that, I, that I shouldn't discount the castle, that it really wasn't just this novel thing, that there's obviously some uh, important stuff going on there, too. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, because, I mean, the question is, how did he actually do this? I guess we're going to get to that uh, uh, because this... The solution that he presents obviously is able to be translated into some some kind of a technology that can actually be controlled and then used to do whatever you need to do. When you run the magnetic energy, magnetic currents through an object without any obstruction at all, no resistance, that's superconductivity. Right. So that's that's what levitates things. But his structure. All right. So where are the where are the currents coming to this planet from? The sun, but you know, first from the center of the galaxy, then through the sun. Okay, okay. To us, and that's from the east. His opening is northeast, and it's 
it's basically a capture. Uh, to me, uh, it represents capturing energy. Mm-hmm. And his his whole castle seems to be an amplifier, an amplifier of a pattern. And a pattern can form from capturing that energy, and that pattern becomes a standing pattern. Okay. And within that pattern, they're structured just like these patterns. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, I do. So he can, you know, utilize different parts of that. You would think. But just having the understanding of this energy shows that, you know, if he understood this, he understood everything because this is everything. This is the base of everything. So his knowledge surpasses everybody I've seen, really. Right, and as you say, uh, when you start to look closely at these things... Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, everything shows up. Oh, no, see, I don't play around. I'm not making these pretty pictures. Each one of these is a connection. It's a circuit. Okay, look at those two tips of those two serpents as uh, as connections. Okay, I make each one of those connections individually to make these patterns. Right. So they're they're right. I understand. Brilliant. I mean, it is the mathematical formula for creation. I've already proven it to myself. I know for sure. I'm just trying to get everybody else to see it. Right. Look at look at picture 33 for me. All right. Let's see. Let's go up to. Do you understand how how things are created and how they start to bind together and this is just one type of binding. Like I said before, they have all of these built-in failure fixtures, and each one creates a different type of structure and grid pattern. Define for me what you mean by failure fixture, so people understand what that means. Failure to connect. Say two whole magnetic structures coming towards each other, and they cascade over each other, but the magnetic energy, some of it attracts, and some of it repulses, and some of it doesn't have either. Right. Well, those points of attraction, if they miss, say it's moving too fast or a different vibration, it, it could miss that connection. Well, it still has plenty of chances to, to have a perfect connection to feed each center. Mm. And, so and, and by, say, by saying feeding each center, that's your grid. Those straight lines that crisscross into each center, that's your grid. And that's why I believe neutral particles, that's, that's their traveling section. That's what the way they travel in straight lines because they don't have any obstruction because they're neutral. Right. Okay, I'm looking at this uh, this image number 33. And that's what a black hole is. It's a lack of obstruction of concentrated magnetic current. If there was matter in the way, it would ignite into into light. Huh. It's, it's pretty, pretty simple, isn't it? And it's beautiful, by the way. You know, these things... Uh, for it's uh, holy. <laughs> right. I mean, that... It's absolutely beautiful. Now, when I'm, uh, I'm skimming the surface, let me tell you, this goes way deeper. And these are, and and the images that that we're looking at here, and I know you do have some 3D stuff here, but the stuff right now that we're looking at is only two dimensional. Right. Uh, but you can almost feels three. You can, you can yeah. You, I mean, you almost 3D. can tell what's going on as these. It things communicates get, with you because you're made from that same code. I'm telling you, these are deep, man. I, I've been through it for so long; it, it blows my mind still. And I'm, you know, I've been doing it for a long time. And you know, let's let, let's uh, uh, jump back so just for a second. You uh, you're down there in Florida, is that right? Yeah. But and have you did you did you pretty much grow up down there? Or have you been living down no, there? No, no, I, I came down here in my you know, my beginning of my teens. All right, but you've been but but you've been interested in this. You've been working on this for a long, long time. I've been working on understanding things for a long time. Right. Okay. And this thing just happened to be one that was I just found it finally. <laughs> right. And in an unexpected place, you know, I really didn't expect to find as much as I did, and it, you know, you don't expect to find this, you know. Yeah, we never, we never do. We always seem to find things in the most unlikely of places. No doubt about that. 
it was my experiments and stuff that really finally paid off for me. Because you know I'm pretty close to doing a, a, a lot of things that you know haven't been done before. Well, good. I tell you what, if if you know if if we ever needed it, if we ever needed something to upset the apple cart and something to you know to really that's what I'm trying to do take us to the next level boy we need it now and I tell you what I'm fully behind uh, you and anybody else who's got that same uh, idea in mind well that's why I'm open to share it alright yeah we're looking at uh, now what is squaring of the circle what is that all about that let's talk about that for a minute geometry. what's that that represents sacred geometry and how magnetic currents set up in patterns how they flow See, Ed, Ed understood how to make magnetic currents flow through a wire without restriction, and they flow in a in a vortex motion, a right hand twist. Okay. The way we run it, we break it up, so we create all this friction and heat and misuse of the, the, the same two things. Physicists focus on the negative, and electricians focus on the positive. They really need to get together. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I agree okay. with that as well. Okay. All right, let's uh, let's move along here then. Uh, so the fact that the that that he built uh, the coral castle where he did was directly related to these patterns. In other words, there are there are certain places where it where the things that he wanted to do became possible. Is that right? Or is yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay, and uh, and once once he determines that he utilizes. utilizes uh, this energy, and how does he focus it? How does he actually that's, utilize that's it? That's what his magnetic wheel would be. It would be more of a the, the concentrator, the the orbit builder, you might want to call it. Okay, so so this requires uh, some page some. Two. Okay, let, let let's go there because this requires some more. Uh, uh, I'd like to look at the grids before you go there because they're actually on this page. Okay, all right. What, uh, t- Where are you at right now? Take me there. Um, I am on. Uh, I'm at image number fifty-seven. Okay, I'll back up a little bit. Go okay. back to 41. Okay. Now let's jump you straight to it. This is just one example. Uh, the more... Right, okay, okay, I've got it. Let me open that one up here. Okay. Yeah, and I, okay, I'm looking at it. Now, okay. this again... Look at those straight lines. That's just one part of it. Okay, they break up into more triangles that go down even farther into bigger geometry. I can see some of it, yeah. But each one, is, see how they feed each center? Mm-hmm. And now look at that picture, and now compare it to your skin. You'll see what how your skin works. All right, and then you have a couple images. Yes. Now you understand acupuncture a little bit better too, right? Right, because everything is connected, and if right. you can, they're breaking up. They block that. Uh, somebody that really knows what they're doing can break blockages that are blocking the center, you know, connection. Right, and it's all about knowing these sort of sneaky little patterns that move their way. Grid patterns. Yeah. You know, uh, within all of nature, is every single structure has to have these. It is so, amazing. Right. Uh, if you, I. Pray to gosh that people are out there looking on their computers. You know, the other thing, John, that it makes me think about is, well, two things. I think about neurology and the way the brain works. It's everything. That's what I'm saying. It is the energy that, that makes everything work. Right, right. I understand. But I'm, but I'm trying to give some, some reasonable analogies so people can, uh, can conceptualize this. Because for you, you've been working on this for a long time, and it, it's so obvious to you. But trust me, it is very deep stuff and not... Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. So actually, I'm pretty burnt out on it too. Well, just uh, just just because, hang yeah. hang with us here because it is deep stuff. But 
but it can be explained, and I think metaphorically is a good way to do it sometimes. Uh, p- lots of people have heard stories about how the brain can reroute messages, for example, if there's a part of the brain that's damaged. Uh, and, and in fact, the World Wide Web, the Internet, is another example, uh, sort of a, uh, a fractal a large-scale fractal example of the same thing, that the way an email uh, gets from me to you, John, uh, is uh, it can happen in lots of different ways. There are many different paths uh, from my email box to yours, and that all depends on these different dynamics uh, and and chaotic uh, uh, mathematical situations that are happening on the web, and the same thing happens in our own neural systems. But I think that that's... Uh, a good, a reasonable description, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, about what we're talking about here is that there are certain uh, paths that become available uh, and certain paths are not. And but, but when a path is blocked at one point, it can move through another route to find another way. Yeah. And the, the, the amount of routes and the way they're laid out is dictated by the, the dynamics of the pattern itself. Okay. And what's interesting right there when we're saying that so you have some dynamic patterns formed already as uh, a structure. You can create a frequency that that layers over top of it new patterns that don't interrupt those first patterns. I've already proven that in experiments. It's really interesting. What? Uh, give me an idea when you met, when you talk about experiments. You got to go to page two then. Okay, let's just skip to there then. Okay, let's go. Are, am, I, am I getting ahead of ourselves? No, I, I showed you the grid. That's what I wanted to show you. Okay, all right. So please continue. Please. Let's go here. All right, this will take them uh, a few minutes to load up here. So, uh, yeah, because these uh, these sites are pretty image intense. Yeah, I tried to break them up a little bit compared to before, but they're still pretty heavy, I imagine. That's all right. Uh, let's see. Let me read a little bit here, uh, right from the top of this here, to get people back up to speed. Okay, now we're going to look at Ed Leedskellen's, uh supposed simple AC generator uh, in a different way. And... It's still going to make AC current, um, but all currents are AC, really. Okay. They can't run with one current. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They have right. to be both kinds of magnets to move. Okay. So this is the this is the way that uh, that that, that the forces can move without resistance. It's the only way they can move. Period. They have to have each other to move. Hmm. So there's always they're just uh, running in a different way. There's still uh, both both uh, forces there. Okay. All right. So, uh, so Leedskelman, as I, as I follow down the page here, it says that Leedskelman mentioned that magnetic currents enter and circulate in a metal bar, for example, through its center and then out through its ends. Right. Why is that significant? Well, first of all, the metal isn't a magnet. That's where a lot of people make their mistake. Uh, the metal, different types of metal structures, you know, interact with the magnets that are already in the surrounding and flowing through everything. Mm. There's magnets flowing through every single structure. Right, everything is magnetic. Right. We, we, the we metal is just that. metal, and the magnet is flowing through it. And different things, you know, allow different amounts to flow through it in different ways. Okay. But if it, for example, if Flowing in, it's flowing into a metal bar. It's flowing to the center, out to its end. Okay, makes sense to me. 
Well, everything you know seems to be connected by its center, so that's what I would. Uh, All right. Again, yeah, and that and and the important thing about that is that it can be extended and and reduced uh, to, to to the extreme. In other words, it describes everything from. Uh, the microcellular to everything. to galaxies and superclusters right. and everything else all the way out. Everything, even black holes, everything. Right, and everything in between. Yep. Okay. All right. So now we're going to talk about these uh, experiments that you have done uh, to sort of uh, down. to sort of prove this to yourself or whatever. Uh, you can see Ed's wheel there, so you got a good look at that, right? Uh, well, I'm still sort of loading. Look at 104. Okay. Let's see. Is it still loading? Yeah, it's still sort of loading up here. Uh, That's uh. Well, anyway, it's a uh, a magnetic uh, wheel that Ed created that inspired me to build my first one and now my full scale second one. That I'm still working on, but. Okay, what is what what was Ed's wheel? First of all, what was it made out of? Well, I don't want to give all that away right now because I'm still working on my second one. Okay, but can you give us an idea? I mean, is it made out of natural material? Or yeah, it's, it's all natural. Right. It's uh, designed. Okay, I'm looking at it now. Okay. Pay attention to the design. It's based on this code. All right, and it looks sort of like a gear almost. Uh, And um, if I had to guess, I'd say it's made out of stone. Now, is this an actual picture of it, or is this just an image that you made? That's a picture of it that I took. Okay, so that's an actual picture of it from the castle itself. Yeah. All right. um, Oh, it's a brilliant design. This guy, man, I'm saying he's a super genius. It is... Just looking at these things, and I tell you, when you start looking at those grid patterns, that's it's like enough. an artificial atom. This wheel. Well, let me describe it real fast to people what I'm looking at here. Uh, can you give us an idea on size? Oh, jeez, it's approximately 18 inches across. I mean. All right, so not huge by any means. No, it's not huge. You can see him standing next to it. Yeah, in that top small guy too. Yeah, in that top photo in uh, photo 103, you can see him standing right over it. All right, so this thing is about a foot and a half wide. It looks like a perfect circle, basically, that has, uh, uh, for lack of a better description, it has gear Mag- teeth magnets. sort of They're notched. Magnets. They're okay, magnets. So, all right, so those are magnets, but they look like gear teeth that are sort of right. notched out. Right. Now, inside of this pattern is, oh, gosh, a sort of soft... It's concrete. But the shape, it looks like a soft cross. Right. Well, see, now that <coughs> you just hit the important factor. That's a four-leaf clover. Now, right. see, now, do you understand why a four-leaf clover is a sacred? Why people consider it good luck? It really is representing sacred geometry, which is representing magnetic current. So that's a very big part of its design. Okay. And then, as we move toward the center of the of the wheel, we see more and more of the of the patterns that we've been talking about before. You consider this wheel an orbit generator, okay? He he could generate and as perpetually mode, you know, perpetual motion that he created to do it too. He could he could get it going and keep it going. And again, based upon where it was and how it was designed. Well, the way he designed it, definitely. Right. It's a brilliant design. Okay. All right. So using this wheel now, somehow, uh, he's able to create an orbit. Okay, now w- w- let's let, let's try to clarify that a little bit. Um, create an orbit. What do what exactly do you mean? An orbit? Standing wave pattern. One of these patterns. Picture one of these patterns. Okay. And then breaking it, breaking that pattern and releasing the energy and then doing something with that energy. 
we're not breaking that. You can do different things with it, just like nature does. You know, it really depends on what you want to do. And the wheel was somehow the way to modulate that. To man- manipulate. Manipulate. Yeah, the energy is already around everything. Right, and the, and the particular energy that was there at that place. Well, I think the way he had it set up. I think he utilized that wheel with that setup. Right. In other words, it was sort of tweaked for that location, et cetera, that, that ties back into the ley lines and all this sort of thing. Yeah, if you look at his building and the way the, the castle is and where the wheel is mounted, it's a permanent mounting, that wheel, where he had it. It wasn't. He didn't move it around. All right. That is very suspicious as far as him, him utilizing the flow of energy that was going through his, his whole castle. Now, what about when he moves the thing, though? He moved the whole thing to another, to a, to a fully... No, he didn't. That, I don't know. There's different places that say that. He actually just moved some key pieces. Oh, okay. The obelisk and a few other ones. Okay, all right. So he didn't disassemble and move the whole no, castle. No way, no. All right, good. I'm glad because there were people that... I, I had some email questions here that said, how the hell did he move the whole thing? No, he just moved some of his favorite pieces that he already made before. You can tell the difference by the structure of the rock or the coral. Okay. Hmm. What's holding that coral together as you know, as coral, as a you know, as a rock? Right, as an as an object right. in reality. Right. It's a it's an atomic uh, a binding uh, of polarities, and he, he understood polarities, atomic polarities, better than anybody I've ever seen in my life. So if he's not using that to do this work, it sounds ridiculous to me. Right. So it certainly appears that he would be using this secret in order to build what he built. It, I can't believe that he won't. How could you not? Yeah, it seems, uh, yeah, certainly that would be the... the, the right. And what is superconductivity, uh, then, what this is? This is representing that. It's so obvious to me, anyway. And so using that, it, it, it basically is a way to eliminate gravity or a way to... Well, that's what gravity is. Gravity comes from the center of our planet. There's more magnets coming into the planet than are getting out. And that creates an attraction inward. The magnets are coming out or pulling down the magnets that they first come in contact with, and the magnets they first come in contact with are, are everything that's a structure. Huh. Including you and me. Including you and me. Yeah, so so a key sort of to this whole thing... <clears throat> is knowing how to run it through a wire, <laughs> really. Right, but I mean, the, but, 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 the, but the greater implication is that the energy which which gives us life. Oh, it is life. There's, it is life. Right, and that was one of his books. Right? You should, I, I should have mentioned that. Already. What 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 uh, what was one of his books? Vegetable, uh, mineral, and animal life. Those three things are all because of you know magnets and mag- you know, that that is life. That's why he was trying to say it. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll tell you what, John. We're at the top of the hour here. Let's take another break, and we'll come back and talk more about your experiments and uh, how you were able to prove to yourself uh, that this stuff was bearing out. That the the again, I can't I can't overstate the uh, the grid patterns and the complexity of the things that are coming out of these connections. Uh, that as John has pointed out, that he's made one on top of the other, and literally all of these things do connect. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. So if you get a, uh, if you, if you do have the opportunity, make sure you're on the web and go to coralcastlecode.com, uh, or you can get there from, uh, from my website at radioorbit.com. All right, John, we'll be back in just a few minutes and we'll continue this conversation. All right. 
All right, this is Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia. Let's uh, listen to Foo Fighters sort of digging this new CD from them. And uh, this is a song that is called... Oh, I don't know. It's called Cold Day in the Sun. Yeah, that's the one we'll play. That's a pretty fitting tune for tonight's conversation. So, anyway, my guest is John DePew. We're talking about the Coral Castle Code and just amazing, uh, amazing stuff here. So we'll be back to continue that conversation in just a few minutes. This is Mike Hagen. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia. Alright, that's uh, Foo Fighters from 
their new CD in your honor. And that's called Cold Day in the Sun. All right, this is Mike Hayden. You listen to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia 89.5 FM, Mid-Missouri source for in-depth news, diverse talk, music of the world. It's more than radio. It's listener-sponsored community radio serving Wooldridge and Jeff City and Kingdom City and Ladonia, Fayette, lots of places around Mid-Missouri and all around this region. So glad you're with me tonight and uh, hope you'll stick around for the uh, remainder of the show. We've got another 55 minutes or so with my guest tonight, John DePew, and John is an expert and a very interesting gentleman that we've been talking to with regard to uh, the mystery of Coral Castle, this enig- an enigmatic uh, architectural feat of brilliance that uh, was done many, many years ago, and the, the man, Edward Leedskelman, uh who was able to do this somehow mysteriously and we're sort of unraveling that mystery so john we still have you with us here you sure do. great okay um and before the break we were starting to talk about some experiments that you had done mm. uh to work on this now, i'm looking at a couple of more images here of uh ed lead Skelman's wheel okay. and there is uh, a pipe some sort of a metal pipe apparently Underground. Yeah, it runs down underneath the wheel and stuff. Uh, and you mentioned not to take that for granted. What uh, right. what do you make of that? I'll skim back up to the picture with Ed next to the wheel, and you'll see that pipe right there. Right, all the way on the top here. You see how in that picture you see how it's connected to a, a large mass of iron? Yes, I do. Well, that's that's a permanent setup. That's not something he moved around. That that's what I'm talking about creating a a, a large orbit. When you have energy and you use energy, you're creating an orbit of magnetic energy, and then you're breaking that orbit, and then those magnets run out, and you utilize those magnets. In the coil, they run out of the you know the iron core into the coil, and then run out to do work. That's the, the same principle here, but he's utilizing the earth and sky. There's one magnet going up and one magnet coming down. So I believe he's, you know, making an orbit, a large orbit, and then breaking that orbit, or running that whole orbit out through the wire without restriction. Right. Again, creating that superconductive. Exactly. At room temperature. That's really the only difference. Right. All right. Yeah. Because this thing, we have, we have to remember that it produces both positive and negative magnetic currents. Uh, like uh, apparently, just like in other words, that is nature. Right. And Electricity is uh, its base is is magnetic current. Okay. So with that principle in mind, as far as uh, you know, atomic polarities and uh, aligning them, skim down to the bottom of this page, and you'll see my my uh, magnetic wheel down to uh, 115. I want to show you something. Okay, let's see. Now, as an aside here, uh, I want to mention that sort of modern science tells us that the shell of an atom's energy is different from that of the nucleus or whatever. Ed disagreed with that, or yeah, he said. Then how can uh, a metal that comes from the earth have, uh, you know, two poles? <laughs> the earth, uh, everything on the earth is a part of the earth. Every polarity that's on those things that are on the earth are dictated by the the polarity of the earth. Hmm. Okay. Make any sense to you. Yeah, yeah, it does actually. This stuff, it is starting to make sense to me. It's hard to get it all out and lay in such a short time. And for me, I, like I said, recently I've been really extra tired and explaining. I've explained it so many times that it's almost, I don't know, it's really strange the effects it has. 
Right. No, I mean, it's, Weird, yeah. see, you know, it's interesting because you go blank. Well, one of the, one of the things that we that we talk about a lot on this show is communication and language, and one of the biggest problems with, uh, or one of the biggest challenges, maybe if I want to use good language, uh, that we have not just with 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 your discovery here, but with uh, amazing discoveries in general. Right. It's that the language. Uh, required to describe some of these things doesn't really exist yet, mm-hmm. and 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 trying to move the information from uh, somebody who's familiar with it and with the the new language that has to be developed in order to explain it, uh, it becomes really difficult to communicate that to people who are not familiar with it. So you end up with this de facto sort of, you know, these small groups of knowledge holders that are at the leading edges of all these different fields, regardless of, of whether they're individual uh, sort of uh, private uh, sector people like yourself or whether they're government-funded scientists or whatever, you end up with these sort of de facto secret societies almost in which... Well, they've, they've started from the beginning, really. It's, it's, it works the other way around. You know, they, they've, been, they've, I believe, been manipulating the whole thing to keep it that way. Well, you're not the only one that has said that. I hate to say that, but it's true. Gosh, it's such, such a... Uh, it's annoying, really. It really is. And I mean, I mean, there, there are enough people that have, uh, that have made similar comments that, I mean, at what point do we say, hey, you know, what's really going on here? But to me, and tell me if... I, I'd be very interested in your perspective on this, actually. Um, is it is it just my naivety, or 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 do things seem to be coming coming to sort of a critical mass and, and sort of genies being let out of bottles and 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 some of the stuff sort of coming to the surface that can't be suppressed anymore? Well, that's what I'm trying to do. You know, even even if it's risky, I, I feel like it's worth it. Well, I uh, like I said before. I mean, I'm fully with you, and if and if there's anything that what else could you really? You know, what else could be a better reason to you know? Right. I mean, to to be. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is. I mean, what you're, what we're talking about here is really, the solution to. A lot of problems. A lot, a lot of problems, and. A lot of things. Okay. uh, Image. You know, treating the planet a lot better. Right. In other words, we can start to do things uh, cooperatively with the planet the way it's supposed to be done, as opposed to. Right. Doing. Good enough for nature. It's good enough for us because we are part of nature. We are a part of nature, and there's no question about that. And this is another. Uh, fundamental problem in the West is that uh, you know the textbooks. People they leave people. People's egos get tied to their textbooks. They think that they're intelligent because you know they have good grammar and they read certain textbooks without really even doing anything themselves. Hmm. Yeah, wisdom from knowledge through experience. I always talk about being able to actually do things. Yeah, because really, I'm not an expert. I'm just a simple person. But I didn't listen to anybody else huh. except Ed because I believed him. Right. Well, that's the first uh, first step, probably. All right, so I'm at image number 115, and this is uh, this is your first magnetic wheel experiment, apparently. That's right. All right, uh, so your first wheel here, uh, you di- you you discovered Ed's code. You built this wheel. This wheel is not exactly like Ed's. This is my interpretation. I I built this before I even found the code. Okay, so so yeah, th- this this does look uh, physically a little bit different. If I was going to describe this one, it looks like a Native American drum. <laughs> uh, but, uh, it, again, it has sort of... Uh, I'm not through with it yet. I don't have a, a four-leaf clover on top and a few other things. 
but it looks like we've got the same sort of uh, the m- these magnets on the outside of it that uh, that I would describe as sort of gear teeth, but those are all magnets. These are actually uh, iron. I used a, a common iron core, but okay. you know, iron can be made to be a magnet, and that's what I did. Right, right, and again. Uh, the magnetism right. in iron, as you say, doesn't come from the right. metal itself. It's just sort of a conduit for it. Exactly. Okay. You can manipulate it. You can shift it and concentrate it or take it all the way out. Right. Okay. All right. So uh, what did you do or what have you done with, 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 your, with your wheel? Or, or, let me tell you, or at least start at the beginning. What was your first experiment? What were you trying to do? Because you say it was before I you was even... trying to understand the energy. But this was before you even had, had discovered the code. This is what helped me to... Dis- Helped you discover it. Okay, so so tell us about that a little bit. All right, let me try to think of a simple way to explain it. Well, it, in one way, it proves the lack of electrons. Okay, what's spinning? What's spinning a motor on its axis, or what's spinning the Earth on its axis, is magnetic currents. And the same with a motor. There's not electrons spinning it. And this, this, these experiments prove it. If you go down to let's see, 117, 118. Yep, I'm looking at those. Those are all free spinning, basically homemade. Uh, magnetic gears that I created. And if you look on top, you'll see the flower-type pattern, those bands. Yes. Those bands are magnetic bands, and they, they line up in grid fashion just like the pattern. Amazing. And I can space them out in a grid pattern, and they lock into each other. Creating these m- more compl- complex patterns that we've seen in the grids. Creating patterns, but they're also creating... Uh, each one of these are free-spinning, uh, I don't know how to describe them, gears, but each one can create power, do you understand? Right, in other words... So the, the first gear that's being spun is being spun by the, the current and, or the orbit that I'm creating in in the big wheel. Okay, I'm, right now, in that experiment, I'm utilizing just standard wall currents, okay, just to create the field. Right. I can spin these in any direction, so it's not like the field... It's really just... Uh, more like a magnet pump. It's supplying the magnets that are being thrown out by the the force of the spinning gears. All right, so it's throwing so them out and receiving, so it creates a balance between, you know, the the cascading effect. Just like in a bicycle tire, you know, if you spin a bicycle tire, you see that cascading effect one way and then the other way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the two forces. If you lock that in right in the spot, in the middle, before they cascade one way or the other, that's where these are locked in, and that's okay. where the band set up. I see. So, you know, the gears on the outside are being spun and they're spinning at the same frequency as the gear that's being spun by the big wheel, but they're getting their energy from the other gear. Do you understand? Yes, I do. Right. I do. That's free energy. Okay, yeah, and, and, and it literally sets up a visual uh, signature that you can see yeah. when, when, yeah, when, these, when these spectrum bands appear. Right, and people take that kind of stuff for granted. They just... They, uh, you know, they don't even look at it. Huh. Amazing. It's much more. It goes even way deeper than this. Right. Those, I call them magnetic gears because they, they behave that way. Those bands line up that way. Right. Like gears. There's a magnetic flux, you know. Mm-hmm. And again, those can those can differ depending on the setup. How fast you're spinning them. Right, right. The faster you spin them, they divide, just like, you know, the mathematical aspects. Uh-huh. All right. <clears throat> All right. Okay. So There's that's so many uh, things to it, really. I, no, amazing. Now go down to the water instead of just looking at the gears. Go down to the water, and you understand how the grids really behave. Oh. Um, all right. I'm. 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 Uh, I'm paging down to that, but 
Now, and 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 this may be something that I'm maybe getting ahead of myself, but there's a Japanese scientist that does some work with what he calls. Uh, oh, I don't know exactly what the terminology is, but it's sort of, but it, but it's this. He does these water experiments uh, applying. Magnetic. I'm I forget his name, but he but he uses different frequencies and then applies them to to water and then looks at the crystalline structure of the water and they that's take out right. okay yeah and they take out all of these different uh, again these fractal patterns that are just outrageous that's, that's the, the the atomic polarities uh, you know aligning lining up and and again they line up in these different and if you really know how to do it and you line it <laughs> up with the earth the right way what do you think you have I don't know what do we have <laughs> something that doesn't resist uh, what you know what's pulling us down hmm. Go down to 182 and you'll see the the grids in the water. Okay. Or 181. I'm looking at... Uh, now, these ones that are up here, and, and I, I am paging down, but the ones that are up a little bit higher, 120, 121, those, those are those gears that are spinning again. Is that correct? Let me go back up here. 121. Uh, yeah, those are the gears that I made. And what are they spinning on? You have them on some sort of a needle or something. No, that's the shaft of uh, an old motor that I took out of an old huh. motor, and then I modified it. And just sort of balance those things on top of it. Oh, they just—they spin like perpetual gyros. They're amazing. I can—I can create axis tilts just like the Earth, reoccurring axis tilts. That's what spins the Earth. The reason it's hot at the end of the summer is because we have more magnetic current at that time, and that's what creates the, the different weather. Every change, every single change in everything, weather. Our bodies, everything is based on the same principles. Wow, I'm looking at this uh, as I'm paging down here. I'm looking at the. If the you see these in person, I'll send you some movies uh, you know, later on, and, and you'll, you'll enjoy them. They're, they're really uh, interesting to watch. Yeah, I'm looking at the vortex gears here uh, that show the 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 uh, the tilt. Hmm. Now, okay, for, for these are locked in. Okay, they they stay there for as long as I leave it on. And. The ones on the outside are getting their free ride from these gears. You understand? Right. It's just setting up the system. It's not draining from the main wheel. Right. In other words, they're not even connected to the main wheel. Right. Right. This is just a small example. I've taken it much farther than this. All right. So the main wheel is powered by just a regular 110 volt circuit or something. Yeah. It's 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 only it's only taking a tiny bit. All right. So and 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 that's just as you say to set up the original field. Standing pattern. Yeah. All right, and then from there, as you spin that one, yeah, then all these other ones... They lock in to each other. That is outrageous. Uh, I've taken it really far. I believe me, this is just a small example. It, it's endless. I had it across the whole room before. What, with all kinds of different... I had 12 gears in a row powered by one one gear, powered by a little pulse of uh, uh, compressed air. <laughs> it was really cool. How... I don't get it. I, 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 one, all I needed to do was create one to spin, and I can lock uh, a whole grid pattern of other gears to that one. Just but, like the energy works. Right, but but again, that that first one has to stay spinning, though, right? Yeah, but it, the amount of energy that you're getting out of it is way past what you're putting into it. Right, because you can spin all these other ones around. And each one can create electricity or create, you know, a field. Each one creates a field for the next one. Amazing. So it's not pulling off that first one. Only ones pulling off that first one really would be the first one next to it, but that's not even pulling much. Because it's locked into it, you know, it's locked into the flux. Right. Okay, so so the large 
magnetic wheel creates a field that supplies both kinds of magnetic current, as you say, into the surrounding space. And I'm reading here, uh, the spinning gears are throwing out magnets as they spin and receiving a new supply from the large mag wheel. The gears can be locked in all directions of rotation. In other words, that is wild. Let, let me ask you a question about that. Does that mean that uh, if you have uh, a number of gears that are out there, out there spinning, that some can be going different directions than the other ones? Yeah, I've done that before. I've broken all those rules. Huh. I've, if you go into uh, there's another page that has even more other, other stuff of old experience when I used to use compressed air more uh, I used to do some really weird stuff with that but what was, what, what was the reason that you used compressed air again this was just I didn't have the generator built yet oh okay I didn't even understand things yet that's what taught me stuff you know I just jumped in full force uh, playing with energy like you would play with clay you know right just really getting the feel for it without following anything but my gut feelings and things I read from Ed and Tesla and you know, I'm a big Tesla fan and those other Keeley, you know, those people uh, I, I've read so much of their stuff that it started really sinking in, you know. Right. And uh, all their work is connected. Right. Well it's interesting because I got an email from uh, a friend of mine who's a listener of the show who asked uh if I had an opportunity to ask you about uh Nikola Tesla and what you thought about him and and uh uh, and if you might want to chat about that for a minute, because yeah, Tesla, I'm a big fan of his too, and I've always. Hey, one thing that you really enjoy. What's that? Go ahead. There's a three book set that the museum puts out in uh, Belgrade. Right, right, because they moved all of his stuff back right. there, right? They're, they're the only ones that really show him respect. Okay, this country is shameful what they did to Tesla. That's I mean, that really, really bothers me a lot. I agree. I agree. Yeah, they're still using his stuff, and they don't even recognize who he is. Pathetic. I agree fully. But anyway, the Belgrade Museum puts out a three-book set. It's uh, lectures, articles, and uh, Colorado notes. That three-book set is so wonderful for people that really like Tesla because it's really his writing, so you really feel like you're listening to him tell you about it, you know? Right. It's not somebody else's version. It's, it's, re it's a really wonderful set, and I highly recommend it to everybody. And on page 129, I believe it's of the articles. It might be the lectures. There's an article on standing uh, wave patterns uh, you know, and energy. Right. Fit in with this. Wow, amazing stuff, man. It's Like I said, this is just skimming the surface. I'm just trying to get people to give it a chance. It goes way deeper than this. Right. I mean, well, it, it goes everywhere. Right. It's everything. So how can you cover it all on a web page? Right. So the key is to come up with these, you know, these the, these descriptions and metaphors that can get it across to people because it really is astounding. The key is to get people to look at what the code really is. These two uh, shapes that represent all of sacred geometry, all of it's in that. If they would just take a look at that, they would they would it would click. Right, and again, just do what you do. Just start building. You have to work with it. Start to building. Understand it. Otherwise, you just think it's a pretty picture, you know. Right, and again, with those two things, you you literally just started to build onto them. Is that right? Just take right. one and put it on top exactly. of the other. Exactly, but making connections, like if it was a circuit board and you were soldering. Right. That's the rules I followed, and I I didn't I didn't manipulate them in any way to try to make them go away. I wanted. Right, they're all shaped exactly right. the same way, I was Trying to be as scientific about it as I could. Okay. Oh yeah, it's a, it, the, the the imagery is astounding. And this is just basic. It, like when you get into 3D stuff, it gets so mind. But my, my my computer can't handle it. You know, I really need 
to, to get something else set up so I can explore even deeper. But Boy, I'd, I'd love to have you, uh, and we may have to talk about this off the air, but I'd love to have you send some of this stuff, the imagery in particular, to uh, uh, to Ralph Abraham. Uh, he's a, a chaos theorist and a, a d- dynamicist, a math- mathematician who's a brilliant. He's a mathematician. He loves this code because it's it's... This is the visual formula that he's looking for. <laughs> well, I think we need to put put you guys in touch and see what uh, what Ralph has to say because he, I, I think that he would really, when I look at the imagery, I know he'd appreciate it because you have my word, it's genuine. Right? Oh no, I mean, it, I'm 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 not doubting it. I'm just trying to understand it. I think. Right. Uh, well, believe me, I don't know everything. Right. You know? I just know what it is. Right. All right. So you go on then uh, to create a second wheel, and now I'm looking at that one as well. Yeah, that's the full-scale air wheel, and uh, that, uh, I still have a lot more to do, and I feel like it's a jinx if I talk about it. Okay, we don't have to talk about that then. But the bottom line is the, is the goal is the same, is to get uh, uh, to get a, more. A, a wheel. And again, uh, you're doing this uh, in your own lab or whatever. You're not on the not property. Not even a lab. I'm doing my office. <laughs> okay, but maybe you can clarify something for me then, because I'm confused about this idea of location. That Well, uh, there's magnets everywhere. Okay, so it's just a matter of getting the right pattern in order to well, tap into no, the there's a there's an existing pattern on anything in existence, okay? Right. So your body has a pattern, you just don't see it. Like, mm-hmm. for example, when you start looking at these water experiments, you'll see the patterns in the water, right? Right. Well, if a, like a, a car went by your house with a loudspeaker and your, your coffee cup started vibrating on the table, one of these patterns would be there, mm. but you just don't see it. Right. You understand? So that's what I'm trying to say. Okay. And within that pattern, there's you know there's grid patterns. So whatever the the pattern layout is for the Earth, there's going to be grid patterns. How to utilize them fully, I haven't gotten to that point. Okay. All right. But that okay, I got you. But I, I'm pretty close. All right. All right. What about uh, well? I tell you what, we're we're right about the bottom of the hour again. Let's do this. Let's take another break, and we'll come back in about five minutes, and we'll uh, we'll have another. 25 minutes or so um, to uh, talk a little bit more and then finish things up, okay? Okay. But yeah, but we're 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 getting there. I'm definitely much more clear on it, John, than I was. You'll be you will be more. The more you look at it, the more you read, the more you you know you, you, you let it soak in and right. it'll click. Right, and it's one of these things that it is. I I mean, it's the base of duality. Okay, you notice how everything has duality. Yes, that's the whole world that we live in, and that's right. one of our biggest problems, apparently, is that we live in this good and bad uh, world. So, but in, in structure, also, you know, just like mm. you know, your face, cut your face down the middle, you have you know two equal sides, two right. equal structures. Right. That's what this is based. This that's the base of that. This is the base of that. So. All right. Well, I uh, I'm I'm with you. So, let's come back and we'll talk about it again in a few more minutes. In the meantime. Uh, this is Mike Hayden. You've been listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia. We'll do a piece of music here by Mishka. This is called One Tree. We'll be back in just a few minutes with John DePew, and we'll have another half hour with John to talk about the Coral Castle Code and the amazing discovery uh, of this simple, simple pattern that ends out uh, that ends up apparently building reality in the universe as we know it. Just a just a small cookie. I don't know if I really want to take a bite out of that one. But anyway, all right, here we go. Back in a few minutes and uh, stick around for the end of the program. It should be interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Hello, this is Paradise Newman and Michael Heisen, and you're listening to Radio Orbit with Mike Hagan on KOPN, Columbia, Missouri. All right, you are listening to Mike Hagan on Radio Orbit, Columbia, Missouri, and uh, before that we heard Mishka with One Tree, and again, apropos uh, with the conversation tonight, my guest is John DePew, the discoverer and documenter of the 
Coral Castle Code. And if you'd like to jump along with us and go to the website, you can get to his website at www.coralcastlecode.com or you can get there from my site at radioorbit.com and just jump over from my front page there. Uh, at any rate, the roots and branches of one tree, apparently, uh, you know, we talk a lot about in this show, John, about the connectivity uh, of all things. And uh, although your angle is a, uh, uh, a very unique one, coming from a very unexpected area, there are men and women in other areas that are sort of coming up with similar uh, ideas, at least, of of, uh, of of this idea of connectivity. In other words, it is becoming more and more accepted. Uh, I don't know if ever, if people understand it in in the way that you do, uh, but the bottom line is it, it's no longer hocus pocus. You know. Yeah, it seems like it's moving that way for sure. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's. Um, uh, how should we handle this? We've got about 20 minutes, 22 minutes or so to talk. Should we move down to the water or should yeah. we... Okay, let's Just do that. moving through it. Um, where, this, where are you at right now? I am at uh, right about 150, 149, 148, 147. I've got those and then I'm moving forward. On those, are, those are my first water experience. Right. You can see that. That's, that's a magnetic vibration setting up those patterns. And the water uh, is in a bowl. Like a galaxy. They rotate just like a little galaxy. Wow! And, and again, they take on these amazing patterns. Yeah, and they rotate. And it, it's, it's real. I found galaxy pictures that really match them really well. Real, and again, it makes sense. This idea of the fractality, the the, the, uh, the self similarity across scale. Okay, so uh, again, for descriptive reasons, the water is contained in what sort of a uh, this little uh, modified container that I made. All right, just. just just a little basin or something. And then uh, applying the field, we get these patterns that, uh, that that begin to show up and then to rotate. Right. All right. Now, again, <clears throat> I think that one thing we should try to clarify uh, for, for listeners, and again, probably for myself as well, is the... Um, the transmission of the way of, of the pattern from the wheel uh, to 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 the object or whatever that you're trying to 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 affect. How is that? How is the connection made between the two? How do you do it? You mean? Or, well, I've yeah. done two different ways. I've had it next to my next to my wheel, and I've sent it through wires. I found, finally found that it took me a little while. I modified an old radio. Radio. Uh, Signals are magnet. It is magnetic current. Magnets don't go up the ionosphere and come back as uh, radio waves as they send up as they think or as they pretend that they think. They come down as uh, radar waves. Hmm. They go up, come down. They bounce the magnets off what's already up there and come down as back as radar waves. So right. they're wasting energy. One type of magnet goes into the ground. One type of magnet is uh, going out. Goes out. Okay. Right and. Uh, that's how they come out of the secondary uh, you know, uh, transformer of a, a radio. All right, and this is sort of represented in these water patterns when you see secondary patterns forming. Right. That's what I want to show you, too. It's 157. Okay, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at 157. I'm looking at it. That, I haven't even gotten too deep into this, but it's so amazing. You'll create a spanning pattern and change the frequency, bring it to a different level, and you create these other patterns that 
sit on top and float around. I have, I, the way they move is very like mirages, if, if that's even a word. Well, yeah, they just yeah. Float and cascade over top, but they're not. They're not manipulating or they're not interfering with the first wave pattern that's there. Right, no. and just uh, just looking at uh, a still photograph. Of, uh, of of this you can see in 157 in particular yeah but I can't imagine what that must look like it's bizarre when it's it, moving it moves around without interfering with the first one so you can still see the first one underneath it right and the more you do you can, I mean you just keep layering them on top of each other and it's just it, it, it kind of messes with your brain it's a, such a strange behavior the way they move I don't even have a word to describe right. it except a mirage wow amazing now now uh, the the rotation again of these things can be affected. Well, that's all dictated by how you you know manipulate the vibration. Right, and and that's all determined by how you utilize the wheel to begin with. Right, and frequency. Right, and again, there's some sort of a trick to that apparently. Well, it's just a feel for it. I can't even explain most of it. It's uh, you know it's just something I acquired from trying so hard you know for so long. Right. You develop a style. You know that's really that's what it is. Interesting. It's just like anything else. So it's as much an art as it is a science. Yeah, it is exactly. Very good way to put it. Okay. But now, if you go down to, uh, and again, that you know, that makes perfect sense as well because this whole idea of the duality of of science and religion not being able to, uh, you know, to speak to one another, and science and art being at odds. The bottom line is that the two of them together end up coming up with the neutrality and the. are just making a big mess out of something that's pretty simple. Right. Isn't that isn't isn't that just like us talking apes? Yeah, but it might be on purpose, so don't feel bad. Mm. <laughs> right, there's that component of you it. You think for about sure. it. You know, think about uh, does anybody really try to make you an individual or see what you're really capable of doing as an individual? I know. You know for no. one example, uh, even on, you know, trying to make things better for every city, you see all these city workers doing all this landscaping and you know, cutting grass. Why aren't they planting vegetables and stuff? <laughs> Isn't that a simple way to solution? You know, have a solution for a big problem right there. Yeah, it seems. I don't like, understand that really. Yeah, there are many, many. You could make many examples, I guess, of of things that are just painful, really. Yeah, not certainly. Greed. Yeah, people greed don't want to let go of their power once they have it. Ambition and and uh, yeah, and, 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 and I mean we're getting we're to the point where it's where where, we, where it is critical. I mean the planet it is critical. The planet yeah. is in peril, and right. and we need. And everything's based on a piece of paper with someone's picture on it that someone told you is worth something. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we're, you know, we've talked at length about the Federal Reserve and things like that uh, on this show, and we're very familiar with that stuff. And the listeners' people's efforts are what make the difference. Okay. I don't need a piece of paper to do that. I agree. I agree. I'm, I, I couldn't be more interested in individual uh, accomplishment and and uh, an effort because you know. Uh, and again, if you if you if you talk about uh, systems and uh, dynamic systems, or really any kind of system, whether it's a human system or a chemical system or an energetic system, whatever, uh, changes in those systems can always there. There are no group decisions. Changes can always be uh, uh, chased back to one individual in that system. Uh, having a state uh, or a phase change, something like that, and uh, group decisions, all that stuff sort of comes later. But uh, the individuals, and whether again, it doesn't matter what sort of system we're talking about, uh, changes in those systems can always be uh, traced back to an individual 
Right, an individual uh, effort. An individual effort in that yeah. system. Yeah, so I agree with you. And, I'm and that's with resistance. Picture what would happen if everybody was encouraged to do that from the beginning. Yeah, we'd have a different world, no oh, question yeah. about it. Yeah. Exactly. Well, look, we're... Look at 160. That's the one I Okay, let's move down to 160. And again, we have sort of the circular moi pattern or oh, something. That simple pattern right there is almost exactly identical to some of the nano research I've been seeing as far as what, you know, what, what they're getting uh, at a, you know, a nano level. So what, do you mean as, what, what, what do you mean at a nano level? That the atomic vibration uh, analysis mm -hmm. is, is identical to that right there, that pattern that's showing up in the water. Oh, so they're seeing similar imagery when they're, when they're looking at these things at a nano scale. Exactly, thank you. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so it all fits together, and that's just one way of looking at it. There's much deeper ways to prove that. I just can't explain it very well right now. Right. But you, if you go through my site, I have the links that prove all that stuff. Well, these patterns on top of patterns are absolutely astounding. Right, and that's, like I said, just nipping the butt. This right. is just with a modified radio. And I go down to 161, you'll see my modified radio. Okay, there. I see that. Okay, so I, these patterns, that's how I send it out through the wires. Without doing that, I can't, can't create that effect. All right, now let me ask you this. Magnets into that radio coil there. Right. So that's what sets up the original wave, or right, the original it's a magnetic vibration. I can do it next to the wheel. You know, have the have the container actually touching a prong, or like barely touching, not even touching, but just enough to get the vibration going through the you know the magnetic current. Right. Now, uh, previously, when you had the discs that were spinning the the, the gears, yeah, you were able to you were able to spin a whole bunch of gears. Uh, based off of just the one original one. Right. D does the water react the same way? Uh, yeah, I, I did that, actually. That's, that's funny you said that. Yes, I have proven that to work. Amazing. But you got to touch, like, you have a container, and you just have it barely touching the other one, you know, and it'll pass that same vibration through, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Definitely follows the same principle. All right. Um, now... Uh, uh, there's a, there's an interesting image that maybe we want to talk about or not, but it, but it strikes me because I'm interested in some of these Tibetan bowls and this sort of thing. The vibration bowl. Right. There's a spouting bowl here that you have. That says everything. If you look at the pattern on the bottom, you understand it now more than you ever would. There it is, right there. So, again, these patterns are going to start to show up everywhere and once that we know what to look for. Right. And believe me, you will see it everywhere. And when you when you start noticing it, email me back. I, I like hearing that. <laughs> okay, you I'll do will. It. And it, you know, I'm sure of it. I've seen it happen. It'll change your life more than you think. I've seen it happen before. You can't, you can't go back. <laughs> right. Once you know. Well, all right. Well, that's that's good. We're all about moving forward here. Let me give you a simple example of the duality and the vibration here. If you move down just a little bit from that. Okay. Where should I go? Bible, right down to. Uh, one, right, 165, 166, and 167. Look at them as a, you know, as a transition. All right, what am I looking at there? A drop of a drop of water on them that's sitting on a magnet in the center of my dish. That's what that is. Yeah. Amazing. See, I utilize the light to reflect the water to see the currents because that's the only way you can see the the shape that the water's taking. Mm-hmm. You could miss it very easily, and that's how everybody has. Plenty of people have vibrated water into certain uh, patterns, but they really are sloppy about it. They're not fine-tuning it. When you fine-tune it is when you get the nice, you know, the nice uh, grid patterns. Right, these standing waves that you're talking right. about. Otherwise, you just get a big jumbling bumble of mess, you know. So that, that sort of explains uh, to me why 
when I'd seen this stuff before, when they it makes sense to you because of that. Yeah, it makes Same with it, me. it yeah. makes more sense now. Yeah. yeah, that's something you can only find if you just sit there for uh, years, like I did. I, I went through hell with all this stuff, believe me. Right. Well, it makes sense because, like the old, like I've seen these pictures of water that have been exposed to uh, music from Mozart, for example. Right. Mozart supposedly knew this stuff too. Well, it sort of makes sense because the patterns that show up in water when it's exposed to the, uh, a, a Mozart piano concerto, for example, uh, it, it makes beautiful snowflake-like patterns and things like that. Whereas if you expose it to uh, Oh, I don't know, Motorhead or something like that. <laughs> you get just a jumble, yeah. sort of. Well, I've experimented that way, too, with music, and it is definitely uh, an individual frequency thing, you know? Each one is different. Each song is different and the pattern it creates, which is really interesting by itself, you know? Yeah, it really is. I mean, as you say, uh, it just goes on and on. It's, yeah, it's endless. And that's why I try to do a little bit of everything to show a little bit of everything on there, but uh, I'm still missing a lot, and I have a lot more to contribute and show you know, that I haven't even gotten to yet. Right. Well, y- you mentioned something here about uh, a snowflake experiment. What yeah, well, see, all my whole life I've been fascinated with snowflakes, and I always felt like they were the blueprints of nature in some mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And then when I found this code, I knew right away it was the same thing. Right. Yeah, there is something snowflakes about it. might not be as individual as people think. They might start out as a blanket fabric of a, of a, of a pattern that gets broken up. Right. They're just not, when they pick up a snowflake and then pick up another one, the odds of them picking two from the same fabric, are, you know, are, are pretty, uh, I, I doubt they would be able to do oh, it. Right, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, when there's, when there's trillions they break up, upon way trillions up there, and they're just, you know, spread and mixed and... Right, I mean, has there ever been a serious study of that done? No. Right. 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 Uh, have, they, have they taken them, have they tested them before they've dropped? You know, like, have they been mm-hmm. able to capture... That crystal formation before it's you know fallen or you know broken up. Right, right. In other words, does it create individually, or or, or is it created individually, or like you say, does it come from a larger uh, fabric or layer, fabric or layer or pattern or something? That's the way it works in everything I've seen so far. Huh. Very interesting. You know, the grid pattern. All right. Well, look, we've got we got about we got a few minutes left here to talk about so, some stuff. So let's talk about implications. I mean, this is the, the, what, it, what it all comes down to. In other words, all this stuff is striking and stunning and amazing and remarkable in all of these adjectives. The bottom line is, how, how do we utilize it in order to... Uh, is it a lifeboat? I mean, is this discovery a lifeboat for us? Well, to uh, understand the base of energy, to me, is a lifeboat if they don't understand it now, and they're not showing that they do. But I know they do. I mean, I know there are certain people that do. I can tell by certain building designs that somebody still really knows. Mm-hmm. Okay, there are some significant buildings that are exact blueprints of this code. So oh yeah, not, that's not by chance. And you that start takes to a high level. So. And I imagine you start you start to see it in things like corporate logos and things like oh, that too. Even things you would you'd be surprised where it shows up. Huh. But that's, you know, it's not something I really, you know, I don't push those people too much. Right, there's no reason to. In fact, my... I'm not trying to start a fight with anybody. I'm just trying to help, you know, right. do what I found. Okay, so, here, so, so here's a question then for you. My, my opinion has always been that, you know, if we, if we, and by we, I guess I mean collectively the sort of individuals, and I'll just say individuals, as opposed to members of some group, whether it's a government or a country or whatever, but if individuals 
are ever really going to take control of their own lives. They have to realize they're worth something. Well, they have to do that, but they also have to have the means uh, in order to, to break the bonds of control that they're under. So, that's a choice, but it has to be a large-scale choice. It can't be an individual, otherwise they're just going to suffer. Well, how does, uh, how does the discovery that you've made give us an opportunity maybe to do that, though? But the whole thing is it can't be done for everybody. People have to participate themselves. Everybody's been waiting and waiting. They still wait. I'm, I'm showing it right in their face, and they're still waiting. You know, so, what else can a person do, really? You know? Well, no, and I'm with you. But I guess the question that people may ask is what are they supposed to do with this information? Well, what do they know now that they didn't know before? Well, are they supposed to go build their own wheel and start to... Well, I wouldn't recommend that because there's still a lot to learn about that. But right. you can you can first start by examining nature in a different way and start realizing and looking at nature with the understanding that there's two individual magnets and the neutral particles of matter. And that's going to open up a lot of doors for a lot of people, which is mm -hmm. going to escalate into their actions. You know. So again, the key, as always, is, is, understanding. Is, is understanding, clarity, knowledge, and then action. It opens that. the door, and it's amazing what happens from that point. Just the people I've been working with, I've been training people for the last six, uh, seven, eight months, and what I've learned, trying to build up people to be where I'm at with understanding what I found, mm -hmm. and it's it's already you know blossoming. So if if more people contribute, it'll blossom you know more. Right, again, just this fractal thing that can get very, very big. Recently, I, I must say, there's, there's been a lot, of, you know, a lot of advancement I've noticed in people's interest, you know, from like high levels, people that are really, you know, that know what they're talking about. Mm, good. Because I'm a normal person. I, I, I don't even talk well. You know, I can barely even communicate. So. Well, you're doing... curse of mine. No, you've done fine tonight. So, uh, and, the, and the information has... You know, don't beat yourself up. I mean, this stuff. I'm not is trying to. I'm just difficult. trying to let you know where I'm coming from. Right, and why I sound so sloppy. Right, and it's difficult to communicate, though. Like we've been saying right. before. I mean, these are concepts that aren't that easy, especially when they're so visual. You and know? the topic, you know, the topic being that it is the holy grail. People don't want to hear that. No. They don't want to. They just want to write that off right away without even looking at it. Right. I wouldn't say that if I didn't know that's what it was. I'm right. Not, you know, I'm not a fool. Right. Then again, I might be a fool for just saying it. <laughs> <laughs> well. I don't know. Sometimes being foolish is the only way to learn things. It just feels like it's the right thing to do. I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do, so I'm doing it. Well, that's what we're supposed to be doing, I think. Follow your heart and do what that tells you, and you probably end up in the in, in the right place. So, well, all right. So, what's what, what's next for you then? You're going to continue. Yeah, I'm in the middle of it, really. I got a bunch going on right now that you know is going to take it to a more advanced level. I have a, a good understanding now to work with that's going to help me a lot. All right, so you think that the foundations are built basically now. It's a matter of implementation and understanding that the... the and I guess it is a technology. Uh, yes, definitely a, an existing science. It's, right. It is the mathematical formula for creation. Yeah. The, 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 There's a formula for creation, and that's it. <laughs> you know? hmm. That's why, if you know a mathematician, get him to take it serious, and believe me, he'll see it pretty soon. Well, I'll tell you what, I, what I'm going to do... Uh, you and me will stay in touch, uh, you know, after, after the show. I'll send you an email or something. But I would like it if you, if, uh, if you might give me a, uh, or, or at least point me in the right direction of, you know, some a synopsis or a small amount of material, including some imagery or whatever, that I might send to some mathematician friends. Uh, I think it would be... You can just send them to my website. That'd be easier for them, right? Yeah, that'd be fine, too. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's more, and that's why I laid out that way, because I don't communicate well, like I said. So. Right. That's why I try to get it out on the web page as best I can. And, you know. 
Yeah, well, my spelling well, is horrible. My grammar is horrible, but the message is is huge. So. Yeah, the message is absolutely absolutely amazing. So and it's much deeper than I've shown you. Well, I, I like as I mean, I think that I can extend the metaphor, and I think that's the whole whole thing. Is that what becomes so difficult is that it really does encompass everything. Yeah, there's no beginning and there's no end because it, it doesn't magnets. There's you can't destroy magnets. It is life. Once it gets taken out of something, it goes to something else. It does not get destroyed. Hmm. Which should make people feel better about themselves, right? That has implications for after death and all that right. sort of all that sort of thing. Right. Hmm. Well, all right, John. Well, I tell you what, we're going to have to stay in touch, and if you're willing, we'll do this again, and uh, we can sort of follow uh, your progress as as you learn more, and you can help us uh, help us learn more uh, as you go, because uh, you're obviously on the leading edge of this thing, and I know that people need to do their own work and. Uh, and, and to uh, investigate these things on their own, but it certainly helps to have uh, a teacher and somebody who's been uh, been down that path before. So uh, certainly hope that you continue to share this stuff with uh, with us. Well, I'd be glad anybody starts participating. Be, feel free to uh, you know send me your information. I'll try to post it or something. Yeah, if you're uh, if you're interested, we'll give out the website one more time. And if you want to give, uh, I, I imagine I think there's a contact uh, link yeah, right on your website there. So all right, uh, everybody, that's. Uh, uh, what you should do: get interested in this stuff if it uh, if it sparks you, and if it uh, if it makes you think a little bit, go down there to www.coralcastlecode.com and start investigating the work uh, that John has done. Because uh, the deeper you get into it, the the deeper it gets, <laughs> and uh, it is pretty amazing stuff. So, John, all right, uh, two hours under our belt, just like that. So, thanks very much. Uh, I appreciate. You spending the late hours of the evening there in Florida with us, and uh, uh, um, thanks for uh, doing a great job, actually, of uh, explaining this very difficult topic uh, and complicated topic to some people uh, out here uh, in the middle of the country. So, okay, thank you, Mike. Thank All right, uh, I'll be in touch again, John. Take care of yourself. Okay, you too. Bye. All right. All right, everybody. Uh, there you have it, uh, John DePew, the discoverer of the Coral Castle Code. An amazing story. And I hope people will look into that a little bit further because uh, uh, I didn't take it as seriously as I maybe should have early on and I didn't uh, uh, do as much homework as maybe I should have. But it was a fascinating conversation and I'm really blown away by some of the things that John said and that I saw tonight on his website and I'm going to look deeper into it myself. All right, this is Mike. Uh, Next week we have Allison and Alex Gray. Uh, Again, two of the most uh, distinguished and influential artists of our time talking to us live from New York City. Uh, We'll have them next week, and I look very forward to it. And in the meantime, we'll finish things off with little Jimi Hendrix. And can't think of a better way to end the show tonight. So I hope everybody enjoyed it. Stick around. For the Boogeyman, he'll be back at you in just a few minutes here. And don't miss the show next week with Alex Gray and his wife, the wonderful Allison Gray. They'll be coming to you live. Radio Orbit bringing the art scene of New York right to central Missouri. So I hope you guys dig it. And uh, check us out on the web anytime in between now and then, www.radioorbit.com. And you can always email me at uh, orbitradio at AOL.com. This has been Mike Hagan. You've been listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia.
down the street, you can hear her scream, hear her disgrace As she slams the door in his drunken face And now he stands outside And all the neighbors start to gossip and drool He cries, oh girl, you must be mad What happened to the sweet love you and me had? Against the door he leans and starts to sing And his tears fall and burn his garden green So castles made of sand fall in the sea eventually. A little Indian brave who before he was ten played war games in the woods with his Indian friends. And he built a dream that when he grew up he would be a fearless warrior Indian chief. Many moons passed, and more the dream grew stronger till tomorrow he would sing his first war song and fight his first battle. But something went wrong. Surprise attack killed him in his sleep that night. And so castles made of sand melts into the sea. Eventually. She was crippled for life, but she couldn't speak a sound And she wished and prayed she could stop living So she decided to die She drew a wheelchair to the edge of the shore And to her legs she smiled, you won't hear me no more But then a sight she'd never seen made her jump and say Look, a golden winged ship was passing my way And it really didn't have to stop It just kept on going And so castles Made of sand Slips into the sea Eventually 